previously on the Project Umbrella podcast. Could you give us a brief run through of the plot? Oh my god, well, you see, I'm. I, I, you, I, well, yeah, no, because the fact. Don't worry about Nick, he likes American things now. <laughs> Their pornography is all censored. It has to be censored by law, which can't defeat someone. There are ways around that, John. Just email me after the show and I'll let you know. Alright, good. G is the voice actress for Jill Valentine from Resident Evil 3. Which we discussed earlier, George, I think personally is the most iconic voice of Jill. I told her that, but she told you to fuck off, she's not interested in she's married. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think... Does it stop Nick? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Project Umbrella podcast. Teasing fans with a hint of an old school return to the glory days of biohazard websites and purchasing vast cruise ships to auction off our staff members. I'm Nick, better known as Neptune, and joining me today is the Batman. Hello. Stars Tyrant. Hello. George Trevor. Howdy. Mr. Spencer. All right, dudes. And welcome, a very special guest for our podcast this evening. It's Yoke. Well-known and popular Project Umbrella member. With over 120 posts in the Project Umbrella forums. Well-versed in the Resident Evil mythos. And an eye on the Metal Gear Solid franchise too. Regular contributor to the podcast quiz. From the Midwest of the United States of America, specifically Kentucky, it's Yoke. Afternoon. How do you like your eggs in the morning? I like mine with a kiss. Yoke's coming all the way from the United States of America, which is wonderful. Thank you very much for joining us. So, uh, looking at today's podcast, we're going to be looking at all the latest news. And then, uh, as well as some site news. And then the main discussion of this evening is Resident Evil Zero, which I think is quite pertinent at the moment because I know a few of our staff members have been doing a series playthrough and have recently uh, re-immersed themselves with the glory that is Resident Evil Zero, although I'm aware of polarising opinions on the game. Mm. And then, of course, we'll be finishing off with Neptune and Newsy's Biohazard Quiz. And, Yoke, you're obviously a special guest for that, so you have, a, have your chance at answering the five questions this week. All right. Excellent. So without further ado, let's crack on with the news. Yeah, so first bit of news is Resident Evil Code Veronica X is free on Steam in Japan on Xbox Live. Oh, yeah. Which is yeah. very good. I think, I suppose, if you've got access to it, then why not? A great game, free of charge, you can't argue with that. John doesn't like it, do you, John? Code I'm willing to give it another go. Well, I suppose as part of your series playthrough, you will. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I thought it meant me, like the John. No, I remember the, from the Code Veronica uh, podcast, Batman wasn't a fan. There was too much backtracking in that, I must admit. It was. It did take a significantly longer period of time than it should have done. There's a good thread actually on Code Veronica X at PU at the moment, isn't there? The um, 
German influence in the Ashford family. Yes, there is. Good, nice, nice, nice link. Yes, Kruger is apparently the original name for Ashfords, or at least possibly the mar- the name that the Ashfords married into, or was married from. Sorry. So yeah, uh, ch- check that out. Biggest bit of news this week, I suppose, is the fact that we've had a little tid hit tidbit of Resident Evil Seven indicating that the next instalment of the game will return to its roots. But haven't we heard this before? Well, I actually don't think classes is a brave decision because I don't think they had any other choice. I mean, could you imagine another sort of action, mainly orientated Resident Evil game? I think it would have the series would have completely died. So, frankly, just taking the series almost completely away from what it is at the moment, which just so happens to be taking it back to what it used to be, uh, I don't think they had any other option. Well, this came from Michael Patterson, um, the former Capcom marketing boss. And they've been listening back to what people said about Resident Evil 6. And uh, his comments were Resident Evil 6 felt bloated and that a lot of people particularly liked the Leon sections, I think, which we all agreed in our Resident Evil 6 podcast we did. And I think they're going to try and expand upon that, which in itself is is returning to its roots. But... Can I can I interject? I don't like the way he said that because he said um like he said they felt like it was too bloated, like there's too much in the game, like too much content. The way I interpret that is okay, more the same but less. Yeah, because I mean a lot of, I would use a lot of words to describe Resident Evil Six, but not bloated. I don't really know where that came from. Mm. I would call it cluttered. Cluttered, yes. And I, I'll have to give uh, credit to them. They at least said Resident Evil 6 was dramatic horror. They didn't try to say, oh yeah, you know, this is what we all know and love. That's true. So, the only thing that is kind of worried is uh, they <laughs> they mentioned Last of Us, like they're going to copy it. I don't know if they meant that, but that's how I interpret it. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I've not played The Last of Us. I'm eager to. And I know, Batman, you were persuaded by forum members to invest in the game. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a, it's a good game, don't get me wrong. But uh, it's uh, it hasn't blown me away like I thought it would. But... Yeah, I, I don't like it. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to get a lot of hell for this, but I really don't like it at all. <laughs> it, it is hard work in some sections and uh, you get little, very little reward as well but no, it, it is a good game and obviously people love it so that is you know, Capcom do have to aim for that really. Is there, is there yeah. lots of good kind of, sorry, is there, is there lots of good survival horror moments because if I remember correctly, didn't Alone in the Dark, the kind of reboot of that recently that had a lot of really good survival horror elements like you know, I think you pulled out your coat didn't you and you picked up you literally picked things up and tried to make um... Items. I see, see, I played it. It was, yeah. it was pretty good. Yeah, it was, it was all right actually. But it, that's very, very similar to Resident Evil Six, in my opinion. A lot of action and different gameplay styles. There was even a driving section in that. Yeah, what? Yeah, through the park, wasn't there? Yeah, terrible driving section. <laughs> the music made it fun, though. Yeah, the music was like great music, in that game. So, I mean, what what parts of The Last of Us would we want to see in Resident Evil Seven? None of it. None of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't like The Last of Us very much. It felt too quintessentially American and therefore I could not relate to the characters or sympathise with them. I I don't look at what's out there at the moment in terms of what should Resident Evil take from newer games to add to it, you know, to make up for this sort of loss in quality. Because for me, it's never really been what they've added that's ruined the series for me. It's been what they've taken away. And we'll discuss it with with Resident Evil Zero not having the item boxes. I think some of the the, the stalts of the game's design that have been taken away over the years, gradually, a a little bit each time, 
and I understand was done to try and progress the series forward, but I just think we've been left with something that everything that made Resident Evil great has just been taken out. It is a concern because I can't see them going so far, so far backwards just to simply redo the file, you know, put files in and, and item boxes in and, and, and typewriters again. Um, but frankly, without all that, I don't really think the series, there really is anything that you can add to the series to make it improve. So uh, are, we, are we just taking a pinch of salt with what he said about RE7? And we just hope and pray. Yeah. But we've heard it all before. We've heard this nonsense before. When or after all, we five came out, we're like, oh, we're looking at it. We might make all six a bit more sort of, you know, this certain way. And what happened? Just same nonsense. It's going to happen again. And people keep falling for it. Well, he, I mean, it, in in the news, I mean, he does reference that um, Resident Evil Revelations helped in, in the decision to return to its roots if they are going to go down that path. But then I, I don't think it commercially Revelation did very well. The HD release, it's already it's already down to half price down at my local game shop. I wouldn't even class Revelations as that much different from Six, really. I mean, it's a bit more slower paced, but I wouldn't say it's proper survival horror. I was, so say, that... I was just going to say that the Zenobia bit at the beginning certainly had the remnants of yeah the first couple of chapters yes. but once the once the story kicks in and and everything amps up, it's it's not really survival horror, is it? You just have to look at the um, the Malakoda boss, uh, where you just basically you just got in it from a helicopter with a Gatling gun or whatever you have, and find missiles at it, and that's action. That's not survival horror. Mm. I don't understand this need for colossal sized enemies now. I understand you know like giant enemies like you know uh, Yawn and the Scorpion and stuff like that, but I, I just can't understand why they keep making the enemies bigger. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree with that. That's that's one way they could return to horror is by making it more realistic again. You know, I mean, we have that problem in Zero, which we're going to talk about. Is uh, how they just basically there was little originality in the bosses in Zero. It was just like, <clears throat> right, we'll have a centipede, uh, a bat, uh, and a scorpion. We'll just make it bigger. <laughs> there was also there was also having there was also having bosses that had a backstory. So yeah. you know, Lisa Trevor. Um, you know, there was actually a story to that. It wasn't just some huge troll. Um, even with, you know, even with Birkin's various um, G formations, that was still, you know, the scientist that, that, that we knew and had the history with. So, uh, yeah, that that would be a good thing, that actually to have, yeah, you know, a, a BOW that's actually steeped in some history and, um, and we know how it got to that point and we can, you know, sympathise. But, or... but what about Ustanak in RE6? Because he has quite a bit of a history. I, yeah, I, I liked him in the end. I thought, I mean, it, it got a bit silly at the end, didn't it, with the kind of yeah. the lava pits or whatnot. But I thought he was Jake quite a good budget. boss. Yeah, I yeah. thought he's, he's a good, good design anyway. Uh, you know, oh, uh, yeah. aesthetically, I thought he looked quite cool. And um... well, the use the Houston act's not too much out of the bounds of realism, is it? It's it's things like like you said, the Malacorda and, and the V complex. You know, stuff like that has mm. to go. Actually, that's, that is another problem. I just thought of Usnak was this smart, strong enemy, and yet he was beat simply. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the V, the V com- that, that V complex, you know. Oh, that's too it, 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 made, it made sense with the kind of plant thing, and I'm glad they kept that going in Dark Side Chronicles, but quite why it turned into a T Rex type thing, and then we won't, we won't even talk about Simmons. 
I, I refuse to. <laughs> I do, I really do. Anyway, we have deviated away from Resident Evil 7, but I think, you know, we, we've discussed all the failings of perhaps the recent ones and highlighted the areas where perhaps Resident Evil 7 would, would like to return to. More in, more inclusive, more more enclosed, and certainly more... Uh... Realistic. Yes, yes. I just because... miss the exploring, honestly. Because that's always the thing, you know, um, the T-Virus, obviously, you know, super uh, fan fi- uh, fiction, if you like, but there was a degree of realism. E- even things like Hunters, and you- you're given a stupid explanation as to how they're created, but you-, you bought it. Okay, I can see why that would happen. I can see why that's different from, say, the um, secondary infectant yawn or whatever. I can see why that that's different, because they, they experimented on it. And even the G-Virus, which is a completely different makeup to the T-Virus, and created totally different things, even that was just about believable, I thought at the time, and then and then I think it started with a plague, as to be brutally honest. It's like you mentioned Code Veronica, George. I, part of my dislike for that game is that that's when it really went off the charts in terms of fantasy. You know, the mutations that happened to Alexia, you just can't really take them seriously. And and Resident Evil Zero sort of followed suit with that, with the uh, with having a, a Queen Leech as a bad guy. You know, it, it need the series needs to turn back to towards realism to make it scary again. I think. Right, moving on to site news. Um, Welsh has secured an interview with Shimo Gamma, who is a lead enemy designer for Resident Evil 2 and or 1.5. His name does appear in Resident Evil 2 as name of a shop spelt backwards. I won't even try and pronounce that. But um, you, you can read it on the site now. Unfortunately, in case anyone's real- worked out, our site is very broken, hence why our um, news carousel at the beginning is still only advertising episode 16 of the PU podcast, despite the fact they're up to now up to episode 20. It's um, very, very broken, so we can't update any good news, i.e. Uh, carousel-worthy. We can't put it on it because it's totally fucked. But, yeah, so just keep an eye on the, on the actual news reel at the bottom, and then you can keep all the latest. But, yes, yeah, so, so that's, that's on there. It's on the interview section on the supplemental material um, thread. Uh, anyone want to comment on that? No. Get a new site? <laughs> Joking. <laughs> we do need a new site, yeah. We're, we're working on it behind the scenes. But the I'm... site's really hampering our sort of, you know, because we've got all this content and we can't really put it up there because the whole content delivery system we have is so outdated and complicated. You know, we, it's difficult to edit things as well. And... Yeah, which is which is problematic. But well, I think one of the interesting things uh, Shimogama said in that interview was he pretty much admitted that Resident Evil 2 was the final retail product was far better than what 1.5 was mm. ever going to be. Um, and obviously we just have to, have to give him kudos for coming up coming up with some of them uh, fantastic enemy designs because he did all of Birkin's mutations, didn't he? Yes, and... Um... And, uh, you know, the Licker, which is probably one of the most famous creatures in the whole series. And he, he 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 talked about he did a GNet as well. Yeah. And uh, the the other ones that are in the archives, um, Gorg, is it Gorgoda or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, they are quite cool. And we had uh, Ape Man, Spider Man, Spider. Giant horse. <laughs> yes, the horse. Yeah. <laughs> so lot, 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 lots of ideas were brandished about, but yeah, he does deserve credit for the liquor design and. I think really the Resident Evil 2 enemies are pretty faultless, aren't they? I personally, it's just my, maybe that's my personal view, but it takes everything. Yeah, they're all pretty good. Yeah, 
I was never a fan of the final G formation. Well, he says it in the interview, doesn't he? He wanted to create it big enough so you couldn't backtrack. Doesn't he also say that's his favourite one? Does he say... I thought he said that like a G5 is his favourite design. Mm. Or did I read that wrong? Yes, he don't know. You're quite. You, yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah, he says G5s. I think the pro- biggest problem with G5 is it doesn't really look anything like the artwork <laughs> because of the limitations on the graphics. It, it just, just appears like a kind of giant vagina with spikes and a head <laughs> popping out, doesn't it? Uh, whereas the, the artwork's a bit more detail in it, but never mind. Perhaps uh, we do need the RE2 remake after all. Uh, any other site news, guys? Um, we still need $50 to reach our target to get the uh, director's hazard translated. Yes, yes, we do, yes. Um, so uh, thank you to those who've contributed so far. Yes, thank you very much indeed. It should be a really use, uh, useful uh, interview with obviously all the big cheeses of the games, hopefully revealing a bit more information. We've got some other translations in the works. I'm not quite sure if I'm at liberty to say what we're translating, but um, there's some other things coming up which I think everyone should find a bit more interesting. I think that concludes the news. Moving on, the main discussion of this evening is the now now classic Resident Evil Zero. Hmm. Do you think so too? Yeah. Do about it. hold off for a while. I wonder how those react to this. simple investigation of some bizarre murders in the suburbs of Raccoon City. Nothing in our training could ever have prepared us for the nightmare that ensued. We never stood a chance. What's going on? Engine failure! Emergency landing! position and investigate the surrounding area. Marshaled and sentenced to death July 22nd. Prisoners to be transferred to the Regathon base 
for execution. Those poor soldiers. They were good men just doing their jobs, and that scum murdered them and escaped. All right, everyone, let's separate and survey the area. Our friend is brutal and ruthless. Keep your guard up. So, I know this game um, has been talked about in the podcast for a very, very long time. When are we doing Resident Evil Zero? When are you going to be discussing this? We've talked about it for ages. We finally now got around to it. Nearly nearly coming up to two years worth of podcasts, believe it or not. We've finally come around to it. I know it's a game that divides many, many opinion about the uh, about the game. So, what did you think of it briefly, Batman? Um, well, I think... Biohazard Zero is a terribly underrated game. I think it provides a full-on old-school Biohazard experience that is spoiled by only a few minor faults. Uh, I've said it before, I find it very interesting that people hearken for another remake-type experience, but they just won't go near Biohazard Zero. Graphically, I think it surpasses the remake because they put an increased emphasis on real-time shadows and animation effects with like waving grass and wind and things like that. I think the atmosphere and the haunting soundtrack that play when you're exploring the training facility is right up there with the series best. I think it's interesting that we learn backstory on an umbrella and the T-virus. The introduction of Marcus was a good one. Uh, He's one of my favourite characters and I find his conflict as a company founder with Spencer, I think that's one of the best subplots in the entire series. It has some nice varied locations, but uh, as I said, it's, it's not without its faults. It's got a horrible inventory system. Uh, partner zapping system that just doesn't work some very unimaginative enemies uh, no bravo team and the main bad guy is a leech i don't know how they could have <laughs> thought that would be a good idea i have a feeling george trevor's <laughs> going to say his famous phrase george what did you think briefly you know in ghostbusters you're not meant to cross the, the things there's no that's what my brain does when i think of resident evil zero i mean my brain is completely polarized on this game um, I agreed with, I think, almost everything that Batman just said. On the basic level that it was exactly the same type of presentation as Remake, I was over the fucking moon when it came out. But then, yes, great that we get to see James Marcus, but the way that they brought him back, I mean, it was just r- ridiculous. Um, we should have seen him in 1967. The thing that annoys me and frustrates me the most about Resident Evil Zero is that it is born from a series that has such an incredible deep history. You only have to just pick up the, the true, um, what is it, true story behind Biohazard book with the, the Trevor notes in it. And, you know, the, 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 the history that's evoked from, from the dining room in the mansion, go back to the mansion. 
Um, so I thought with all that history that they could have played upon, and, and John's right about the, the dynamic between Marcus and, and Spencer and the power struggle, but we should have seen that. We should have gone back to 67. The, the, the mechanic of bringing Marcus back, uh, bringing him forward with this reincarnation was just absolutely ridiculous. The inventory system was appalling, and it was, uh, and that was the one of the first small steps that the that Capcom did in trying to progress the series forward. They took away the item boxes, uh, and we never got anything as good as the item boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, George. I'll okay. stop there. Cause I yeah. <laughs> Yoke, what did you think? Pretty much like you guys said, but the main thing that kind of depresses me a little bit. When I first played it, this was my first Resident Evil game oh. that I'd beaten all the way through. So first time, I was like, oh my god, this is the greatest thing ever coming back to it recently it's not as good as i once thought it was like i'm seeing a lot of things it's pretty much like the jack of all trades of resident evil we got pretty much the puzzles from resident evil 2 we have the uh, crate puzzle ada and sherry do we have the uh, power control panel puzzle but i think it's just a little bit changed just i'm i'm kind of torn on it honestly and uh <laughs> I have no idea why they even put in Bravo Team if they weren't going to use them. Yeah, I, I think that's a uh, that's a key point. I'm sure we'll come to it. Uh, Mr. Yeah. Spencer, what did you uh, what did you think? Well, it's like what John was saying that um, people yearn for another remake experience. It's like, oh, we need another game like remake. Yet they don't go near zero for whatever reason. Maybe it's because it lacks Chris and Jill, or the fact that. Um, Billy and Rebecca just aren't exactly as memorable as those two characters, but really it's it's a very uh, deep and enriching game that has a lot of um, interesting lore to it in regards to James Marcus and you know introduces this other player in the Umbrella uh, Triumvirate, which uh, you know Spencer Marcus and uh, Ashford. So um, it's I would say that despite its shortcomings. It is a, uh, a required playing for any fan. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I will say briefly, I mean, we've got to remember, James Marcus was shoehorned in pretty much um, for this game. I know there's a very brief mention, I think, in the RE2 X-File of him. Yep. But at, at this point in time, of course, the T-Virus, I, I thought, was fa- fairly well explained with Wesker's Report 2 and whatnot. And I wasn't quite sure that we needed to know about a particular creator of the, of, of the T-Virus, or as we now know, a T-Virus, not even the T-Virus. It was a slightly shoehorned in. Well, I think the whole origin story with Marcus, because this game was sort of the first big exposure about the progenitor virus, wasn't it? And originally, this game was going to be the lead into uh, the original version of Biohazard 4, which was yes. going to be all about the progenitor virus. So obviously, I think it loses something there. Okay, what what did you think about it, um, Stars Tarrant? On the recent playthrough, uh, I found I was quite won over by the atmosphere a lot this time. And because of where the, the series has gone since, uh, since its release the last few years, and it, we've had some very low points and, and things like that, the storyline didn't bother me as much anymore. I still don't care a great deal for the storyline, but its actual the concept of it didn't bother me over much. Um, despite the fact I was very critical at the time, but it's my opinion of it hasn't improved that much, I'm afraid, which we'll get into, no doubt. Uh, right. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Um, oh, where to start? I mean, there's lots of lots of opinions there in in our brief impressions. I think one of the key issues is the characters, i.e., Bravo team, isn't it? I mean, uh, of all the, of, if you're going to bring if you're going to bring Bravo t- a member of Bravo team back, I mean, who here would have chosen Rebecca? Um, I think obviously the obvious cho- choice is Enrico, and to have followed his 
um, path to the mansion. Uh, I would have liked to have seen that if they were going to do a similar thing that they did with RE2 and 3, where 3 was only, you know, the day before RE2. Uh, so if, if if they weren't to go back to the the history of the progenitor and, and, and the power struggle between Marcus and, and Spencer, then it was right there for them with with Enrico's story and 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 they thought that that was a kind of a dead end because of um the assassination by Wesco I don't know yeah I think I think they had to choose Rebecca simply because she in terms of storyline she survives the mansion incident doesn't she mm-hmm. I don't know if players would have found it off putting to players Enrico in this game only to have him have a two-minute cameo in the sequel where he gets shot it's just true yeah even though I, I liked Rebecca, I think, honestly, I agree with George, they should have went with Enrico, because I've seen people have issues between Resident Evil Zero Rebecca and Remake Rebecca, saying, yeah. oh, Rebecca knows too much, why didn't she say anything? Yeah. With Enrico, he dies, so he couldn't say anything. He was about to, but he gets shot. I think that would have worked a little bit better. I don't understand. The character of Billy Cohen's completely pointless. I mean, you could have easily yeah. switched mm-hmm. him with Richard. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, what does he bring to the table? Yeah, I mean, nothing. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I remember playing the game for the first time and the whole thing with, with Cohen and the escape convict completely threw me because one minute Bravo team had a specific mission and then unless I sort of kind of read it wrong, as soon as they find the the the, um, the derelict, you know, Enrico's just now it suddenly t- turns into a manhunt. Um, it kind of sort of drops everything and suddenly we're, you know, we're looking for an escaped convict. And I, I didn't think Billy brought anything to it at all and... Again, yeah, I mean, to me, that almost felt shoehorned in. I mean, he would have been interesting if he was an actual murderer, you know. Some, <laughs> someone who put you on edge for the game, you know, someone like, I don't know, Riddick. But the fact, but the, <laughs> but the fact that he's not a murderer and he's just your typical good guy who's been wrongly accused, it just, it's just not interesting. Yeah, they could have gone down the Silent Hill route maybe a bit more. Yes, yeah, someone following you around for the entire game and you don't know whether to trust him or not. Yeah, and then from that, you get just a ridiculous... So interaction between him and Rebecca, where even when she's not sure whether he is or isn't, there's just no tension between them at all. Well, that's something I noticed from playing it through the other week. Obviously, we're used to sort of uh, Resident Evil 5 and 6, where your characters have a lot of banter as you move through the levels. In Zero, they do do not talk at all. It's all about thumbs up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you just can't, can't resonate with the characters. You can sort of... You can relate to Rebecca a little bit because you, you've seen her before, but Billy, you just you, there's no attempt made to build his character up at all. Oh, there's that one line about he's you know he says to her, "Have you been fantasizing about me?" Uh, I mean, I think some of the dialogue in in, in Zero is some of the worst we we've ever had. What going back going back to the characters when we first started here, you know, knowing the game's coming out, and you saw that opening kind of video with them in the helicopter. That was a quality moment. We yeah. see all of them in the helicopter. You're like, I know who you are. I know what's going to happen to you. Yeah. Had, you know, engine explosion, crack, quick crash around. They, you know, get out. What's going on? You get that little thumbs up to Kevin. You know, and it's like, oh yeah, that's nice, that's nice. And then it all just goes a bit all off there. You, you feel it could have gone down a similar route to remake. <laughs> I.e., obviously remake. Obviously, you're exploring the mansion. You, you do eventually come across all the Bravo team members. I, I couldn't see why that couldn't have happened in in this game. Yeah, well, well, exactly, exactly, because we get the the first moment that the Billy Cohen story comes in. That's the first moment for me that Arizo gets completely sidetracked. Mm. You know, we we met we meet Edward briefly, and then you meet Enrico. We'll come to that much later on. <laughs> meet him later, but why couldn't have we met a Richard and Forrest? You know, as we carried on exploring. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
I remember being very disappointed we didn't hear from Richard because I loved his sort of extended role in remake where he's you know he gets to survive that little bit longer. Yes, yes. And and this game it it was marketed as a prequel to the first game, you know, it did say in all the trailers, didn't it, find out what will happen to Bravo team. Mm. And then as soon as the train sets off and you're stranded from them, you know at that point you're not going to see them again. I just think the, for all the promise that the game had, and I remember one, I think it was the US trailer, um, one of the big taglines in the trailer was what did happen to the Bravo team. Mm-hmm. And for the fact that the game was supposed to be about their story, the fact that they're only in the intro was really disappointing to me because Billy, uh, you, you can debate Billy all night, but he's not overly interesting to me. Uh, I don't think his backstory is particularly rich. And I'd have just sooner have had, as Umbrella Chronicles showed with the nightmare scenario, I'd have just wished the character was Richard all the way through. Mm. And it's a shame because, as I said, there is a lot of history with Bravo Team. Even though, you know, you've, we've, we've played played uh, the original and then the remake. And even though you don't spend any time really with the Bravo Team, you feel you do know them. Yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> you may have read little bits here in bios and in all the manuals and stuff, and and it, again, it's a missed opportunity, really, isn't it? Um, I remember reading an interview with Mikami uh, not long after Zero was released, and he said if he directed Zero, he would have shown you how all the Bravo team members died one by one. So were we all expecting mansion moments then? Yeah, I I did think we'd end up in the mansion at some point, rather than that kind of sim, uh, symbolic butterfly scene. Mr. Spencer, what did you think of the uh, of the, the uh, characters? Like I said, Billy Cohen was someone who, like John said, would have benefited from being an actual murderer, because then you would have that human antagonistic element in there that would also sort of keep you on edge to have, you know, some Riddick kind of character thrown into the mix who's who may even turn on you, who may betray you. You don't know, you know, that's sort of, you're not sure he's going to be on your side or not. That would have been interesting to see. Unfortunately, never happened. Um, Rebecca would not have been my first choice for a main character. I would have said um, Richard. I would definitely have said Richard because he at least had a bit of a more prominent role in Remake than Enrico. I don't think it would have pissed off the fans that much. Would would it have been better if perhaps you... Yes, you can have the two-player zapping system if you want, but if the lead character had, say, been Richard and you were basically almost taking the Leon-Ashley route through the game with Rebecca in a very very much yep. a submissive role... Rebecca w- and Richard. That would have tied in a bit better with the... the uh, as Yoke said, the uh, the remake, uh, Rebecca. Because there is a different in, difference in personality, really, isn't there, between them? And, oh, you know, whereas... She would just... have fleshed it out more, and it yeah. would have tied into uh, Umbrella Chronicles as well, perhaps. What if they released a HD version of Zero, but implemented full two-player online co-op? See, that would be oh, brilliant. God. I think that would be, be good fun. I think that would work a lot better than just that shitty zapping system. Just get yeah. rid of that altogether yeah. and just have it, have it a two-player game. So that's the thing without online without online capability. Then I, I've never seen the point of co-op. Um, you're right; it's completely redundant in the actual game. And you know, with with the progression of, of online play, it, it's waiting to be done. That would be that would be ideal. I mean, I do think Resident Evil should be a solo experience, but just in terms of this game, because it's it's everything but two player, isn't it? Yes, yes. It managed two inventories and everything. In terms of the other characters, I just wanted to ask um, if I'm right to think. Spencer was mentioned in his remake. Remakes the first mention of Spencer, isn't it? Gun Survivor. 
Is it Gunsfiver? Okay. Um, and Ashford in, in Code Veronica. So I was just thinking in terms of Marcus, I wondered who, if anyone else here thought can, can understand why they chose to bring him into this game because the actual method of, of, of putting him in that timescale I thought was absolutely ridiculous. Um, almost as ridiculous as his opening scene, mm-hmm. the singing on the mountain, you know, the opera thing was was, was just ridiculous. You know, you, you, it was almost, too, it's, for me, too similar to the assassination that you had with, um, well, no, the way that uh, William Birkin survives, uh, you know, with the self-injection, and you get the same with the progenitor, um, you know, hosting itself inside Marx's body. But I, I just, to me, it, it just seemed completely logical to, to, to bring him into the story and, and um, and to get away with it by having that kind of reincarnation thread. Welcome, young one. So glad you have joined the party. You are the guests of honor. After all, it's your wake. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Dr. Marcus? No. You can't be. What's going on? (laughs) Ten years ago, Spencer had me assassinated. Research. <laughs> Wesker Birkin. However, something wondrous happened. It took the T-virus inside of my queen years to procreate my new life. I live. Now I will have my revenge on Umbrella, and the world will burn in an inferno of hate! You'll pay for what you've done. We'll see which one of us is gonna die. you've got to remember it's it's not actually him he's not been reincarnated it's just the queen leech has absorbed his memories yeah yeah but that, i mean but but, uh, but you've still got that um that figurehead there haven't you um or you know like i said he may, he's a placeholder then well me. isn't so to draw but isn't like the real marcus you know he's been dead for like best part of two decades or so 
Yeah, and he still is. But so why rely on him? It just made no sense. We could, you know, if they were going to go back and choose one, what, you know, we could have had one of the Ashfords or, or, or Spencer. I think future games helped, though, didn't it? With Resident Evil 5, which we've, we've often praised for its story. Even then, they shoehorned another character in that Brandon Bailey character. And yet, that kind of worked quite nicely with Marcus, I thought. Mm. But, you know, I think there's lots of mistakes in Zero, and Marcus is one of them. Thus, and rectified, or at least tried to rectify with Umbrella Chronicles, the, the character does, design. Not to cut you off, it does seem weird that they make Marcus very important, but Edward, uh, Ashford, and even Spencer really doesn't have a huge role, or uh, yeah, pretty much a big role like Marcus does. Marcus is the most shown, and I think really the most known out of the three founders. I think that's really weird. Mm. Even Edward, he didn't even, he got like a sentence and a file and Code Veronica, didn't he? And that was it. Like, I think it was pretty much he's a good guy. Hint, hint. Yes. Yeah, no, that's that's very true. That's very true. But again, he, he kind of has similar traits to Birkin. He's very obsessed with his research, wasn't he? He just wanted oh, yeah. to be left alone. You know, yeah, you're right. We, we could have had a bit more actual backstory with... Um, with Marcus Ashford and Mr. Spen- and Spencer, sorry. Um, <laughs> with with Spencer, you know, there could have been some flashback scenes, couldn't there, of them actually? Yeah, they had all there. The, his- the history's there for them to have used, and I just don't understand why they didn't why they didn't delve into it. It was there for them. But can't you? I mean, it just looks like you look look at it. Don't you remember the 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 amount of discussions that were there after about when did it take place? And you know, they put, clearly Capcom had no idea if if Zero actually fitted in with the timeline at all. Well, there was that big um, translation error, wasn't it? I think it was the American version mm. said Marcus died in 1978, or he disappeared 20 years ago, I think. And then yeah. in the PAL version, it says he disappeared 10 years ago. But then all the files are like 19XX. I guess that's still the same in the Japanese version, isn't it? Well, this is this was one of the interesting things about Zero. You could actually like when back in the day when we all really obsessed over this sort of stuff, you could actually work out the years from playing the game and reading the files. Like it doesn't actually explicitly state in black and white that Marcus created the T virus on nineteenth September nineteen seventy seven. It just says nineteenth September. Mm. But but you can work out the year by putting the pieces together. And that was one of the, the fun things about this. Yes, but that, to me, that just seemed like oh, I, th- th- they've just done another team's just done Wesker's report. Show that that <coughs> conflict potentially conflict with what we're doing. Let's just leave it at nothing because that that way we can't get it wrong. But it does. It just highlights the importance of these translation errors. Like the Americans had it were under the belief that Marcus died. Uh, in 1978 because of this translation error but that actually fits perfectly with Wesker's report too because Marcus is never mentioned in that and that begins in 1978 with uh, Wesker and Birkin researching the T-virus is there the, you think there'd be some sort of mention of, of you know the, the assassination wouldn't you? The fact that if he died in 1978 you could sort of forgive them for not mentioning it but the fact that he's actually in terms of canon is still alive until 1988 yet he's still not mentioned in this report that's that's when it becomes hard to take really the, the character design is rectified a bit isn't it with Embrada Chronicles they decide instead of making him that youthful Final Fantasy-esque character they actually decided to make it look like a you know a, a green human if you like that looks a bit like a it looked more like the mimicry Marcus, didn't it? Which made yeah. far more sense than what the um, you know how, how can a leech leeches don't change colour as far as I know um, quite how they're able to replicate 
you know, clothing. Yeah, well, I mean, nothing about the leeches. That's the other thing that, that I remember, again, as I was playing it, almost becoming dumbfounded because at first there's the elation that this is this is going to be in a similar vein to remake, you know, the, the presentation and the pre-rendered backgrounds, everything, everything's brilliant. Um, but then things start to go wrong very quickly and, and everything about the leeches was, did, didn't make sense from the, you know, from the cut scene where they're covering Rebecca and she's unharmed and yet what, what actually, ha- you know, what actually happens? Billy shoots one of them and that suddenly makes all of them just come off Rebecca, you know, simultaneously. Um, similar to when she's um, reconnecting the power supply and they kind of, you know, they, they, they jump all over her. But then they've, they've just miraculously disappeared just by her falling backwards in, into the train carriage. And, and, I, and that, I remember actually that was one of the first times where I started to think, oh, you know, is this this Japanese, um, you know, Capcom really, are they taking this as seriously as I am? Um, excuse me, sir. Sir. No, hang on. They didn't need to because the holy goal of those leashes was to make sure that Rebecca didn't go near that whatever it was, or to they knock her off there. Her or something like that. There was no reason to kill her. It was just yeah, to deter her. Well, I mean, before that, then you know, when when the, when we first get to see them, you know, they when she's covered in them, and um, you know, Billy just takes one shot at one of them, and 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 they all sort of kind of you know drop off her. Um, I, I, and they just didn't really make sense to me yeah, especially later on like uh, why i said a killer uh in the management trainer's diary uh prisoner just touches one of the leeches and gets infected yeah exactly so she gets covered by him and oh she's fine yeah, yeah. yeah obviously um bats as you quite rightly pointed out is not james marcus himself but this queen leech why couldn't it have just been james marcus well, yeah, that that would have been fine. <laughs> Wouldn't that have actually just made the storyline a bit more believable? We know the T-virus can pretty much bring people back from the dead. Why not? We've had a horrible scene with the leech going inside, uh, obviously Marcus's mouth, and then obviously Spencer leaving, and then like maybe, I don't know, a couple of weeks later, you can see this kind of like old man getting back up, and because of, I don't know, they, they could say because of a unique reaction to his leeches or something, he doesn't become totally zombified but becomes, you know, symbiotic, if you like, with the leeches, as, as he is in the, you know, as he is in the game. And why, why not just have an old man going around? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think because it almost, I, I feel that the that Capcom, just the developers wanted to have something more fantastical. And, and you get you get a lot of that with this game, um, with, you know, with the, with the giant insects, uh, rather than maybe a, a smaller scale down, you know, li- like you have with the, you know, with the liquor or the, or the hunters. It's almost like they just try to go, you know, big is great. And, you know, just to bring him back with a, you know, with the T-Virus uh, in, in a similar way to say how Wesker came back. Maybe they, you know, they, that they that just didn't go far enough for them. They had to create this, you know, this contrived situation with with the leeches. I felt that was the, that everything to do with Marcus as a whole was contrived, though. You know, his very appearance in the series until five for me didn't really work. It was actually the mm. files in Biohazard Five actually made him as a character work because I always hated how Code Veronica never made any reference to him. He's not mentioned in Wesker's report too. And though we've created this sort of fanfic, if you like, of all the records about him were erased when he was killed. It, it still doesn't sit right with me at all how he's just mentioned so little in the material except in the one game he's in. Five, you know, that's why I love Five so much because what it did for the series and cleaning up the story is just is just wondrous. But I think I think George is right. I think they just Capcom wanted something fantastical to build on what they did with Alexia in Code Veronica. But going back to your original point, Nick, I'd have gone one step further. Why have him die at all? Oh why yes, not? Well, yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? I mean, I know we've had that plot line of a, a bitter ex-umbrella employee going mad many times since. But uh, why not just have had James Marker still alive in exile, and then he just decides to have his revenge? And I mean, he's a founder. Times. He's not just some disgruntled yeah. ex-researcher. He's one of the founders, <laughs> and he's come back to say reclaim what he believes was rightfully his. It's like me taking out a newsbook. Yeah, <laughs> let's take control of. Or better yet, or better yet, um, the old Tim El Bastardo, if he uh, comes back, maybe he is Demarcus. Oh wow! He will come back for his revenge. He's out there somewhere. Can someone please? Sorry, can someone just tell me why did they not go with Spencer? In what way? Well, why not have Spencer instead of Marcus? Why? I mean, why? Like, 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 you know, Sean's absolutely right. He's, he, he's been effectively shoehorned into this this one game why not of, of you know if we were going back if we were going to find out if, we were, if they wanted to bring back a, um one of the heads of of umbrella the founding members why not just just surely spencer that's the obvious choice they couldn't go with spencer because this game was originally going to lead into the original biohazard 4 which was going to explain the spencer plot line of him being immortal this game was written in conjunction with the original version of biohazard 4 okay Okay, because you, you had the original trailer for four yeah, soon after. Because four was going to be the end to the series, wasn't it? I mean, I remember at the time actually. I don't know how exactly how it worked out, but I actually do remember thinking it was almost odd that that, that I was seeing pictures for four, and I, I was looking back now. These these were the Hookman pictures, almost at the same time as um, Resident Evil Zero. Yeah. Yeah, it's part of that agreement, yeah. wasn't it, with Nintendo and yeah. Apple. Capcom about the big five games, wasn't it? And good point to move on to the um, BOWs. I think in the game, I think I think a good terminology for them always just the whole game is is littered with organic BOWs. I think it's probably the easiest way to describe them. Um, hunters aside, everything else just appears to be, as you said, bigger, better versions of standard creatures. The question is, does that fit in actually with the the use of the T virus, what we'd seen previously? We know insects get fairly big, but the centipedes certainly got a hell of a lot bigger. Than yeah. what, you know, wasps got quite. Wasps are an insect, um, but they get a bit bigger. And you know, even the Umbrella Chronicles wasps a bit is a lot bigger. No, I was going to say it's slightly consistent in terms of yawn 
and uh, well yawn's a reptile uh, uh, you know it's, it's oh, and, and, and and neptune as well they should but, have a giant praying mantis imagine that as a boss the flea was bad enough in Outbreak too. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that is, exactly. I mean, is, is the centipede actually too big? Well, I just felt there was an overall... Not one gigabyte exists, I suppose. I will say the uh, the centipedes that later appear in Resident Evil Confidential Reports are far more... <laughs> like, like... Oh, there we go. <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> you take, you you take that one off your scorecard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> They're only just about over man height. This is... Double anyway. <laughs> I just felt there was no reliance on those types. Um, and whereas we got, you know, when they think outside the box, they throw up liquors and hunters. And it's a shame we didn't get, you know, a, 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 a bit an enemy that that um, you know really makes Resident Evil Zero resonate in the same way the liquor does with RE2 and, and the hunters with remake. I think um, the enemies on the whole in the game are appalling. I really do. I think they're so such lazy design. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. the hunters. I, I, their first appearance for me should be the Spencer Mansion. I think it spoils them early. Yeah. Um, I think the tyrant's appearance is woeful, and that's just come about from a desire that the director, whoever's decision it was, thought. You know, in the in 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 the Resident Evil or Biohazard, the you know number one, we've got a T002 tyrant. Let's just let's just put the T00 on in for absolutely no reason whatsoever, <laughs> and it's just it's awful. It doesn't even it's not even given any backstory at all. So but, if, you know you can if you're going to put it in, at least give it some backstory, a reason to exist. But, but you're if just you literally, hi, I'm a tyrant, everyone. But awful. if you think about it, the T001 is actually a metaphor for Resident Evil Zero itself. It actually progenitus, the precursor yes. before the one in remake. Yes, and but not I, as good. I think what Sean's yeah. Yes, what, exactly. But I think what Sean's getting at is the fact My that point. you know it appears what randomly in a well, it's kind of like a, a square pit, isn't it? Wherever you fight it in, and you know it's not in a lab particularly. But it is for, at the very beginning because you see it in a capsule. Oh, yes, you do, but yes, that's right. But is, is there is there a lab down at the water treatment plant? I don't know where, but if you go back after it's dead and uh, go back to that monitor, the capsule is empty, so it's evidently been released or escaped from somewhere. Exactly. You know, you tell me where. It's, it, the, the whole concept of it being in the game is it's just ridiculous. It's, it's just so yeah. the director can tick that box and say, yes, I've put a tyrant in my game, and it's awful. The, the only one I feel works... <laughs> The only one I, I think I think the scorpion worked quite well in this in its design. I wasn't quite sure how it managed to get on the train, but you know. But I mean, at, at least it's you know it, it's fairly consistent in size in terms of other arachnid um, creatures well, like the actually, black tiger. But you know, like the bat that Sean just mentioned. I mean, it's a mammal. Mammals don't get big from the T virus. Well, actually, can I interject you there um, in regards to the scorpion? It would have been able to get on the train. Uh, there would have been like a storage carriage, perhaps it was kept in on one of the tra- on the train, like one of the carriages. And of course, during the uh, the attack, it probably broke out, climbed onto the roof. It's able to like tear through the roof and stuff. So it probably just teared out, got up, went along the roof, and then dropped down as the uh, dining carriage. I always thought. Well, I always assumed the investigation team brought it with them. And then Why? It just- it just became secondary. Because isn't there a file saying they're, they're hoping to discover some similar research at the training facility? when they Yeah, get... but if you're, if you're going to go and do some investigating, it's like, hey, you know what we should do? We should bring a huge giant scorpion that's going to be a huge liability to our <laughs> no, operations no. here. Well, it, it obviously wasn't huge. It could break loose. 
it obviously wasn't huge until it got secondarily infected by leeches. But then there's, I mean, again, you know, I, I do think there's slightly lazy programming because obviously the you've got that file just before you see it saying type Y139, isn't it? And you're like, ah, oh, that's a stinger. But then you read it again and you go, no, this is to do with crustaceans. You yeah, know, it's, that, not, it's not the same thing, yeah. No, that makes no sense. You know, it's clearly, I, I still maintain they're supposed to be the same. And I think they've just messed up with the uh, 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 unaware of what a scorpion is, you know, a, an arachnid as opposed to um, scorpions are arachnid. Scorpions are arachnids. They're not arachnids. Yes, they are. They're not. Yes, they are. They're not arachnids. Yes, they are. What are they? What They're are no they? They're no more arachnid than a camel spider. A camel spider is not an arachnid. It's a uh, solid fridges, whatever it's called. I can't pronounce it, but it's not an arachnid. Just like a scorpion. Has it got it's, eight legs? It's an invert. Let's let's consult Wikipedia. <laughs> Anamalia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, right. I oh, no, hang on. A pre- predatory anthropod in scorpions within the class Arachnidia. Arachne- oh, I can't pronounce it. It's pretty related, but I wouldn't say they're... They're not traditional arachnids at all, because they hunt arachnids. Um, I keep these things. I know about them. <laughs> Gameplay-wise as well, I think... All the boss fights are just—they're just poor. Oh yeah, I mean, starting with the scorpion, which which you know, um, I mean, even I'm sure even Nick can do the scorpion with a knife. I actually did it for the first time on the playthrough as well, and it was—it's easier than using a gun. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think yeah. I've, I think I've only ever done it with the with the hunting rifle because I think you know, as a clue is that you're supposed to use it for that. The, the centipede yeah. just goes on a the same course around the room. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. it's incredibly easy to avoid. The bat boss and the auto aim fiasco with that boss is just oh, the yeah, less said right. about it, the better. As soon as the other bats turn up, good luck trying to hit it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think the only boss in the game I actually enjoy is the first battle you have against the Leech Queen because it's the only one which feels like a traditional battle in a sense. Because yeah. t- I don't count the tyrant; the tyrant doesn't exist to me. <laughs> yeah, and the the end queen leech is a bit odd, isn't it? With the sun, the sunlight. Yeah, it's a nice idea, but it, it works over well. It's a bit like Wizards of Oz with the witch melting. I, I honestly felt like that. I felt really weird about that final fight because I thought this is Nemesis. Honestly, mm-hmm. you're hit three, pretty much three switches, activate the rail cannon, yeah, kill it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was actually quite cheap again, very lazy. You're right, because it was almost exactly the same as the it was, yeah. The only yeah. BOW I really liked was Eliminators. The, was the Eliminator, yes. Yeah, yeah, they the were actually, because I was Yeah, they were, they were The most Didn't frustrating like to fight, though. They can get you in, in un, unending hit chains. There's always three of them. But for me, it was like, you're doing a prequel about the origins of a virus. There's going to be monkeys. It just made, it made, <laughs> okay. it made sense to me. <laughs> I think they were the only BOWs in the game that actually I was quite scared of, um, and I was concerned about the damage they could do. I thought they were good. I think it's interesting that the uh, plague crawlers were the only enemies that ever came back as well, and they, they feature in Outbreak. Do they? No, they're, they're well, the... It's, it's, it's a scissor worm, but the, the entire the design of them is nearly the same, isn't it? I always thought it was the same thing. No. Oh, Umbrella Chronicles, they come back at the end. Yeah, Umbrella's end. That's what I was thinking of. Everyone. They're, no, hold on. Um, in Outbreak, they're scissor worms. They're based on earwigs, whereas the play, the play crawlers are an amalgamation of, I believe, uh, cockroaches, praying mantis, and something else. But play crawlers come back in play crawlers come back in Dark Side Chronicles, though, don't they? Yes, they do. Yeah. Um, old um, what's his face? 
Javier. Javier, yeah, he, he places an order for them. Yeah. So they, they they do make a return, but I like the eliminators because they do attack Rebecca and bite into her, which I found satisfying. The um and the frog thing perverse. <laughs> oh yeah, the frogs. There's so many BOWs, isn't there? I hate what, the they, frog. what are they called? Lurker. Lurkers. That's it. Glimmers of dead aim, aren't they? Yes. Uh, lurkers come back in uh, Dark Side Chronicles as well. They do. Yeah, they do. But uh, you, I never saw them the first time. I knew they were there because I had I had my uh, my Dan Burlu guide telling me that they were coming up. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, that's worth worth money now on eBay, my friends. Um, it was just uh, you bombed it across, providing you got across the dam. You never saw them again. Yeah, because they could one hit kill you, couldn't they? Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, mimicry Marcuses. Now, they were the most annoying, because, simply because yeah. of the way you had they're, to kill them. With the, they are the worst enemy. There's no way, I actually think there's no way you can kill them without getting hit. I've done it. I think what you've got to do, it's all in the timing, but if you get the um, Molotov cocktails, and it's just one, and then after the other, and then another one, and you kind of think you've got to give it about a couple of second gap between the two, but you can, you can do it. Can I also add... Uh, one benefit that Resident Evil Zero had, it was the very first game in the series to actually feature a toilet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was an actual uh, bathroom stall in there. An actual bathroom, yeah. That's progress, that's progress. Was it the first in the series, though? It just meant that people who worked at the Umbrella Research Centre didn't have to go outside to take a shit. Well, no. There's, there's it could a actually be the first in the series, there's, actually. There's a toilet no, in there's, remake. There's, yeah, there's one toilet in remake. Yeah. You, look, so, well, you can actually look in it and get a description back of it. Oh, of course. So if, yeah, if, if, there was, if there was someone in there and you needed a shit, you had to run all the way to the guardhouse. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jill can throw up in it, can't she? She can. Yeah. <laughs> I, I liked all the enemies, though. Leechman, I, I really liked. Uh, by the way, the there's a glitch with them when they're about to blow up if you go through a door and come back they're gone i thought that was pretty cool but uh yeah, <clears throat> yeah. enemies i really liked the pro tyrant it freaked me out the first time because first time seeing about the tire or seeing the tyrant i've read about what they were beforehand when i first fought it i didn't care much for it but when you come back and it goes through the grate that freaked me out I was like, okay, shit just got real. <laughs> but cool it, boss it, music for it, though. But interestingly, yeah. though, Yoke, if you say it's the first time you've ever played a Resident Evil game, you played that, did it... Well, first time I've beaten one. Oh, okay. D- did yeah. it diminish Remake Tyrant in any way? No. Because... No? It just, it just, I, I love the Tyrants, honestly. Even though Damnation Tyrant kind of weirded me out a little bit. Well, they're awesome. I liked it. Oh, yeah, I just didn't I like how tall it was. Uh, well, I... <laughs> I, I noticed playing going through my series playthrough the remake Tyrant is a piece of piss compared to yeah. Tyrant. <laughs> it really oh. is, yeah. yeah. It's it's a big massive letdown considering it's meant oh. to be a superior product. <laughs> what was it, eleven handgun bullets? Yeah. Well remember remember of course Proto Tyrant gets his swan song in Umbrella Chronicles. Yeah, the design of Proto Tyrant's pretty good too. It's uh, I think I'm maybe think of the concept art, but it's drooling, it's hunched over and it, it just looks I mean, really brutal. It's shaking as if well. When, if, yeah, my name pushing. doesn't tell you. I, I, oh, I absolutely just... love Tyrants through the series. I, you know, I really do. <laughs> and to me, it just it just felt so much of a letdown. Maybe you know, that's. Maybe that's why they saw it as a failure. You know, like, hey, right, made our tyrant. Oh, great, let's have a look at it. Oh, great, it's got fucking Parkinson's. Great job, there, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um. We don't know the identity of the tyrant, do we? It's not. It's not a clone. Yeah, it's not obviously, a clone. It, it's just a, just one of the random ones that 
none of the tyrants are Sergei clones. No. This is, was this someone that, that this was created after they found that they had a better chance of turning them to tyrants? Basically, they use the they use this. Birkin uses the Sergei clones to create a variant of the T virus that can turn anyone into a tyrant. That's how they get mass produced. That's how Morpheus becomes a tyrant. With Code Veronica and now revelations with the T bis and T Veronica, we see unique mutations, and but with Marcus's T virus, we don't see any leech type enemies besides leechmen. We don't see the zombies on the train turn into some sort of freak leech human crossover or anything like that. I thought that was really a missed opportunity there. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, keep the leech theme going throughout. Yeah, because that, that's one thing I was always thought was weird about this T virus is he combined progenitor with leech DNA, but nothing really leechy comes out of the uh, enemies. So a bit like the green zombies from Outbreak 2 or something, you know, the plants take yeah, something over. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So that was like the last of us, wasn't it, a little bit? The, uh, the the green zombies, the plant zombies, that's a little bit like the oh, last yeah. of us. Yeah, they were, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I, I just had this weird thought of a, a leech-scorpion combination. It would be really freaky. That would be crazy to fight. <laughs> I don't know why. Hmm. It would have worked for yeah. Umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I wanted to ask, but with the BOWs, um, would the, I'd be right to think in terms of actual produced BOWs and what what were just secondary infectants. Obviously, the leeches were Marcus's BOWs, but was there everything else, including the eliminators? Because there was once an interesting thread at PU about whether eliminators were a product of Marcus's research or whether they were just infectants. Well, was everything else just from, from the leak from the from the um, T-virus leak, and so the leeches were effectively the only progenitor BOW in the game. Constant debate, isn't there, about the play crawlers, lurkers, and the eliminators about are they T-virus or progenitor virus? That that argument never seems to go away, but I think they're T-virus, as far as I know. I think they were all developed to be BOWs, but they weren't good enough, so they were all scrapped. They weren't mass-produced. Mm, but everything, yeah, everything's T. Yeah. And also, I mean, the other thing is, um, why no Crimson Heads? And I know... It, 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 you know, the answer coming back is going to be in terms of the time that Billy and Rebecca spend in the... But, but that's just never sat right at all with me because you can really... You, they spent just as much time, you can say, in the mansion as they as, as was spent in the training facility. Well, that, that, that's not the official reason. The official reason, George, of course, though, is it's, it's a different virus strain. That's why you don't see Crimson Heads. It, obviously, in the mansion accident caused by... Burke, um, Marcus and somehow released the V-Act strain of the T-virus, which in, in turn caused Crimson Heads, whereas the T-virus that was released by Marcus in Zero was just, the, yeah. I'll say normal strain, but the Marcus strain. Okay. To be honest, though, I mean, even though it's very clever how it's a different strain, that it, it doesn't matter how you spin it, that is that is fan theory. It is the official explanation from Capcom is you don't have Crimson Heads in there because you don't do enough backtracking which tells me they intended it to be the same strain of virus. Are you sure? Because in, I know it's the English version. The English version of Archives clearly says that there's a dip, that there's, they found the virus that was released in Remake is the one that they discovered in Crimson Head Elder. They, they found he had a re- unique reaction to it. They extrapolated it from him. And that's, that's in the UK crappy translation version one. Yeah, well, that's fair enough, but it would be technically the same virus released in Zero because Marcus... Re- why would Marcus release two different strains, one in the mansion, one in the training facility? Yeah, it's a good point. That is, mm. it, it is, is I mean, it, it's, it is very cleverly spun by the fans that it's a different <laughs> strain, but, but Capcom did intend it to be the same one. There's, there's no getting around that. 
And isn't there yeah, a bit it, more? It doesn't, it doesn't make a great deal of sense. The, I can understand the Raccoon City um, T-Virus being different because it comes from an entirely different source. But, you know, Marcus does claim responsibility for the Spencer Mansion incident. And isn't, isn't there a bit more new information that's come to light that the accident at the Arclay facility was just that, an accident caused by Marcus? Um, I think something Newsbot really revealed a bit more information about that. We, there's nothing else to <laughs> there's nothing else to say what it was. It's something then Marcus does claim, parent, does claim responsibility for it, doesn't he? In his first appearance, he does say he's the one who infects the mansion. You are wasting your time. I have already claimed this place for myself, which means you are trespassing, and I am very territorial. <laughs> okay, um, let's move on and talk about some of the new gameplay features, because I've, I've got a feeling this might take some time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, that was, that's the sound of a floodgate opening. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, because there's quite a few. Um, obviously, we have the zapping system. We have the lack of, of the um, item box. We have this kind of um, two-player mode, which is, I suppose is a bit like the zapping system. Double spaces come back in the inventory, which I'm never, never a fan of. And, of course, we still have the static controls, marking probably the last time in a major in a numbered game where we have it so what was everyone's views on any of those features well i'll say i'll be brief because i said it before i i just c- couldn't see how taking the item boxes away brought anything extra to the game and we've seen it further on, along the line with the removal of typewriters and then the removal of files you were saying before about what can make the series scarier I mean, imagine the enemy from Dead Aim, Pluto, without the file about him being, a, a, um, I think, was he a homeless guy and they ended up blinding him? Mm. Um, you know, imagine that without the file. Sorry, I don't <laughs> it'd have been awful. It'd have been hideous. So, 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 you, so um, yeah, I, I couldn't understand the point of that. And, you know, you get that additional thing in Remake where you can play it again with real survival mode, but you can't obviously do that with, with Zero because they've just taken that away. And just being the ability to drop things adds nothing to the game at all. And if I'm not mistaken, does everyone just basically create their own item boxes anyway? Yeah, exactly. Did everyone do that? Yeah. Well, yeah, you can't obviously link the rooms, but you tend to create your own save rooms and leave a character there because it's more of a hindrance bringing both of them with you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the main hall was the usual one. I know there's yeah. only a limit on the number of things you could drop. It's, it's there, is a, there is a limit, but, but it, it's not that much. I mean, no, it's, it's, you, you've got quite a lot, and all you have to do is just go to the, into an adjacent room. Uh, but there is a limit on how much you can drop in one area. All, all it does is just pr- promote stupid backtracking, which forces you into more combat. There is, just, there is literally no positive within this system at all it's just it's hopeless it's absolutely hopeless and the the fact that they give you limited inventory six spaces per character and then they do the really stupid decision of letting things like shotguns and hook shots take up two items it's just there's just there is no good in this system and i'm not surprised it only lasted one game because it it is just awful and and is one of the big things that spoils zero for me yeah looking around that hook shot that was my main problem 
Like, honestly. Yeah. You only use it, like, four times, but it pissed me off because you didn't know when yeah. exactly. Like, uh, first time you use it on the train, then you don't use it again until disc two. Oh, really? At the ch- yeah, time. until, like, the church, and then you use it again in uh, Marcus's labs, then finally at the uh, uh, tram control uh, room, and that's it. And it's, it's just really weird. Just, just uh, yeah, don't get me started on it. It's just... It's pointless backtracking. Totally is, unnecessary. Yeah. Is it no coincidence that I always found the train sequence the best? Because you, because I suppose because the location is quite small, it doesn't really oh. matter where you leave anything because you can move between it quite quickly. Yeah. And oh, yeah. of course, most of its player only you only play as one player. I always found, and so I, I just I, I just I found the whole train train sequence to be one of the greatest moments in Resident Evil. To be you know the, the first is, act, is. if you like, especially when you're climbing up yeah. on the roof. I like that, and then you know visually, visually the best part in the game as well. It was yeah. amazing, wasn't it? yeah, with the rain coming down. Yeah, that was very good actually. Yeah, it's very atmospheric. Well, yeah, just what you've said. It's it's all of it's completely unnecessary. It's it doesn't bring anything to the game. The item dropping. It's it's not fun to do. It's a pain in the ass when you've got to go all the way back to the start of the game to pick up the hook shot. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. See forums for details. Uh, but the train section, uh, you know, I think that's quite popular with everyone. You know, nice claustrophobic, cramped uh, environments. Uh, I love the rain. Uh, beating against the windows. Yeah, I mean, the train's good. I like the training facility as well. It's obviously a bit convenient that Umbrella have suddenly got this other massive facility within a few miles of the Spencer estate, but I think it's got some very nice environments in there. Um, I love exploring around it. I don't think Biohazard gets any better, to be honest. I've said frequently in all our podcasts that I still think there should be more sequences outside, in the dark, in the forest, because I think it generally would be the best atmosphere that they yeah. could possibly create yeah. yeah i mean well, you I... only have to do the path up to lisa's cabin yes to get a feeling of how good oh, that God, yeah. yeah yeah and that would have been nice um it's a nice look when it in remake like it's not raining but just after it stopped raining and everything it's all kind of like wet and i like yeah. that yeah yeah and of course the, the, these gameplay features have inadvertently created one of the biggest topics um, thereafter known as, quite simply as, the magic elevator, which likes to <laughs> rear its ugly head from time to time. It, 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 it's, it's Ignore the top floor and it works. It's just that The top floor is just a gameplay mechanic in the same way that an item box is. That's all. But is it though, Sean? Is it? People have don't, tried. Don't, don't. The, the only way it can work is if it moves either horizontally or goes through the sky as what Ridley's picture. Was it Ridley's who showed the, the red lines coming out of the ground into the sky? It's the yeah. only way it yeah. must be. It's, it's, it, just ignore the top floor. Come on. Are we gonna, seriously going to have this conversation, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember Project Omega dedicating a whole web, part of his website to, um, to, to trying to get it to work. People have fallen out about this topic. (laughs) (laughs) And that's interesting, actually, because if anyone's been following our chats on the forums, um, Newspot, um, our beloved founder here, he's always been of the view that Birkin's lab that we see in Resident Evil 2 a bit later on isn't Birkin's lab at all, but is, in fact, a totally different lab. Now, I I don't buy that. And that that got fairly uh, politely heated (laughs) in for... I can see it. I can see it. it would be convenient if it wasn't because like there is a numbering issue on the top of the shed, 
the fact that it is deserted at a time in the in the chronology when it shouldn't be, mm. um, and the fact that Enrico just haplessly walks around it is on the master elevator. I might add as well, which I think is generally used. It, you know, Batman. He he was one of the made one of the best points. You know, why why would they build an entirely new facility when there's a really good out of town one? It's it's too convenient. It's too convenient to be realistic in my. And for anyone wanting a bit of conclusive proof, other than the fact that um, what Ridley pointed out on the forums with the the lights or something pointing out, there's also there's also the the fact that the artwork. If you look through the archives, for example. There is no artwork at all for the factory. It's clear from the artwork that the cable car from the church was supposed to go directly from the church to the management tra- um, to the um, water tra- uh, treatment facility, and that was it. But for some reason, at the last minute, it was decided that it wouldn't be nice if we made a quick detour to Birkin's lab. Well, just to follow on from that, it's interesting that because it sort of made everyone who took part in that argument, everyone was right in the end. Yes. <laughs> But I noticed something when I played through it. I forgot to mention it on the forum. Um, when you go in the basement section of the training facility towards the uh, the battle zone thing, you go in a room where there's two plague crawlers eating the corpse of another one, and you have to get a key. And on the wall, there's a, uh, a pipe with sewage water bursting out. And if you go over and examine it, it says this must be waste product, product coming out from the factory. But obviously the factory is still eight miles away. I think that harkened back to a time when you were originally going to leave the training facility and go straight to the factory and not Birkin's lab. There we go. So for some, that I, I, that is easily the biggest inter, uh, interview that we could want. The director of Zero, that's the one we want, is it? Why did you decide to go to Birkin's lab? Does anyone on this call honestly believe that the Magic Elevator is a plausible concept, including obviously the top floor, and that the two labs are indeed different? Because no, no and no for me. It's a no from me. It's a no from me. I'm going to say no, but I still don't think I really understand the debate. And when you, well, yeah, and if I ever get to meet you guys in person, this is something I need to sit you all down and, and, and <laughs> talk about. This is the, one of the first things that I, when I see John, I'm going to literally jump on him. And I, and, and, well, I hope and, not. Uh, and yeah, I'm going to sit you down and you're going to explain this to me. But no, in, until then, my answer's no. I'll just say for me, for someone who likes to take the games as literally as possible, um, in terms of gameplay as well, you know, in, in terms of numbers of enemies that you see as well, I like to try and take it as literally as possible. I personally think that Umbrella Chronicles and um, Beginnings confirms that um, the Master Elevator is just a gameplay mechanic. Yeah, because he obviously Wesker could have used that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've got to drive yourselves mad otherwise, aren't you? Beginnings yeah. one would have taken approximately two seconds. He would have gone down the lift, gone. Oh, I'll take the elevator, top floor. <laughs> oh, hello, Sir James. <laughs> Can you remember? I mean, Nick, you might have been on RE Horror when they, when it was all going around, but people were drawing, and I I even did one. I hang my head in shame of um, how all the facilities were on the side of a mountain and yeah, that's, yeah. How the, that's how the elevator worked because the training facility was way up on the side of a mountain and the, oh God, that was, pro- that, was, that, was project, of- yeah, that was Project Omega's brilliant attempt. Maybe that elevator actually leads to um, Shinji Mikami's office. <laughs> <laughs> Blimey, that was, that was a struggle. Uh- Okay, so we've, t- we've talked. Okay, we've talked about the the gameplay mechanics, and we've talked also about the, the factory. Graphically, it was nice to. It was nice to go back though. I thought you know it, it did look wonderful. 
and the, the graphics were quite good. It was nice to see Birkin and Wesker, especially, walk around. It just doesn't make sense. Do you honestly believe this to be the real identity of that crazy young man? Impossible. But if somehow it is true, then Umbrella will be finished. If the old conspiracy against Dr. Marcus is revealed, Mr. Spencer's career will be over. Not to mention ours, too. So, the time has come at last. What are you going to do? I will simply say goodbye to Umbrella. The biological weapon utilizing the T-Virus has almost been completed. Our only remaining task is to acquire combat data. You can't be serious! I refuse to abandon my word! I have finished the research on the T-Virus, but I need a little more time to complete the more powerful G-Virus. Do as you wish. I will follow my initial plan and lure the STARS members into the mansion. Their superior combat training should make them perfect test subjects. <laughs> Fine. In the meantime, something must be done about that madman. As I recall, URC is equipped with a self-destruct device in the basement. I'll find it, set it off, and annihilate the place to nothing more than a massive rubble. I love the fact that they're sort of watching your progress as you as you walk through the game. I think that's a really nice touch. Mm. And I think it's been alluded to in the series playthrough that you guys are doing. Um, it makes Wesker a bit more complete when it comes to remake. And obviously, I know you don't obviously get that moment where you get, ah, oh, he's, he's, the, he's the backstabbing bastard. But I suppose even in remake, you, you work it out within yeah, I mean, seconds. To be honest, did, did any, did, I mean, obviously the original was my first game. And even though I'd, I'd known people had played it, it is so it's so telegraphed that he he's he's in charge of the the game if you like it. It wasn't a surprise. I didn't go, ha ha, he's the dastardly villain. It was, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. so that's what I think that softened the blow, didn't it, from having all the Birkin and I I, th- I mean I thought it was genius to bring back Birkin. Yeah, because obviously that that wasn't expected. I don't think. Um, they, they could have quite easily just had Wesker monitoring it and go, <laughs> right. I remember, I remember when all the media was coming out and that they should, um, one one website landed a, an exclusive render of the promo shot of Birkin, and I was just like, this is amazing. This is like the best thing ever. We're going to see Birkin actually, you know, just being Birkin. And I was hoping we were going to get a lot more of him actually in the lab and working, if you like. I was, I was, it was a shame we didn't get more of him. But what we did get, I like. Yeah, we we talked obviously a bit about Enrico and all the characters at the beginning. That is still a bit of a a mental mindfuck as to how, firstly, Enrico gets there, manages to infiltrate a fully operational um, umbrella lab, get on the master elevator, and then walk up to Rebecca, say, I'm going off to this mansion, which is apparently this way. I can't go anywhere that way. (laughs) <laughs> it, it's ridiculous isn't it you know, it's, it's, so, it's so passive in the conversation as well it's just ridiculous the only way, the only way he could go he'd walk straight into the tyrant as well yes <laughs> or, or he goes up the lit or he goes up the um... he does fight the tyrant though doesn't he when he goes up the lift in Umbrella Chronicles no 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 Enrico I did a um, I did a very extensive fanfic for uh, Umbrella Chronicles three or something with Enrico just to link it all in and even then when you have the creative freedom to do what you want it's bloody difficult to try and tie it in with yeah, the, with the games it's... and Umbrella Chronicles to make it fit. I like he gets one more moment, but it's an afterthought his appearance. 
Well, yeah, I mean, remember, he doesn't even make it to the mansion, as far as I know, does he? No, he um, hits the caves. Hits the cave, yeah, so how does he get into the caves? It's, 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 the it's almost as if they thought, oh, we're near the end of the game here, and we've not had Bravo team in it, let's just quickly chuck in Rico in for one scene. Yeah, yeah it is exactly that. Is it true as well, or is it a myth, um, that his voice actor is the same as the very original game? I was going to say before... <coughs> excuse me. Joe, Joe, is that you, Joe? I'm sure it's the same be actor. Soon. I've heard, I've, I've heard, I think it was confirmed on a forum a while back, but I can't find any evidence I ever saw it. But yeah, it, they do I, sound similar. They do, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that before. That's That'd be nice if it was. Are you okay, Rebecca? Where is everybody? They should have arrived here before me. Haven't you seen them? That's unfortunate. If we go straight from here, we should arrive at an old mansion which Umbrella uses for research. Come on, let's go. Wait, I've got to find Billy. Billy Cohen? You mean you found that criminal? Yes, but we got separated and... No point worrying about him. He won't make it. Come on, let's go. Sir, please. I need to find you. Don't worry. I'll catch up with you. Rebecca, I... All right. Just be careful. I never saw him again. Okay, uh, moving on. The lo- I suppose what I want to talk about now is just the long-term impact the game has had on the series. You know, Bats, you're a bit of a fan of the game, but as you said at the beginning, it's slated a bit by the fans and I, I just wondered why why everyone thought that was because it's well, for me it's just simply not the best uh, the atmosphere like I said in the series playthrough post is wonderful the music is brilliant visually it's incredible and the atmosphere within the settings is superb we've discussed the train it is excellent it is one of, it is one of the best settings um, for me personally the best section of the game is Marcus's lab so I just think it's, it's quite beautifully mm. done uh, and the music you get in certain rooms is is, is wonderful, um, but I just think all the mechanics they just don't work, and and they just bring the they just drag the game down, and I just there's always something not sat right with me that to me the series should begin with the Spencer Mansion. It's this this epic epic defining moment in the series, and it's all undermined by the fact that Rebecca went through arguably worse 24 hours before Sorry. it just. It, you know, it never sat right with me as a prequel. Whereas a, a more simpler story of just the fall of Bravo team would have been the prequel I would have probably yeah. fallen in love with. I don't think That's it helped. What, what did you want? Oh, no, no, no I, I don't think it helped that it actually was exclusively on the GameCube and it did trigger the beginning of the end, didn't it, for Resident Evil in terms of what we know as classic Resident Evil. Yes, we had Outbreak and Outbreak File 2 thereafter, but. I think that was just more of a foray into see how online went, but it really was the last of the old star before we got this over the over the shoulder camera. And I think because it wasn't as you said as good as remake was, this version of Resident Evil was done to death by by Zero's failings. The thing is, for me, it's not just the fact that it's not as good as the remake; it's it's not even as good as like two and three. And you know that 
considerably older, they don't look as good, but everything about those two games, in, in my opinion, is, aside from obviously the, the audio and visual side of it, but in terms of like how they play and the story they tell, everything about them is just is masterful compared to what we got in Zero. We'll move on. Um, did anyone have any views on Leech Hunter mode? No, Leech Hunter, uh, it's one of the better post-game yeah. modes, I think, actually. Yeah. It's a good one. I, you know, it's good fun. you got, you got to get the... Is it the red and the green leeches? Blue and the green. Blue, blue and the green, green sorry. Yeah. So, uh, Yoke, you, you want to say... I think... Uh, yeah, I just loved it. It is really kind of like a condensed version of what Resident Evil is. You're trying to survive collecting these items and getting the hell out of there, pretty much. Kind of another thing, yeah. uh, the unlockable items, pretty much the same thing as Resident Evil 3's, only in Resident Evil 3 you paid money. I thought that was kind of weird, but... uh. Yeah, Leechron mode, awesome. I kind of hated how the enemies respond, but okay, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't quite hit the dizzying heights that was, for me, uh, extreme battle mode in Res 2, because I loved how that changed every time you played it. And you could play as Chris Redfield in Res 2. Um, Good. But it it was very, very good. And yeah, the unlock procedure was very similar to Resident Evil 3's. There's a lot of of things that are quite similar within those two two games, (laughs) I think, musically and things like that. there's a bit of a correlation. Yeah, the only real problem I had with Leech Hunter mode, to get all the leeches, you pretty much either had to have a guide or just keep hitting the A button, checking everything. Mm. Uh, I know there's a couple guides on uh, GameFAQs. There's at least three different patterns, I think. And you can tell by the uh, herbs that spawn in front of you. Okay. I've played it for a while, actually. I'm something to go with it. I like Leech Hunter mode, and I, uh, I I know I got as far as unlocking the uh, hunting rifle with unlimited ammo. That was pretty fun. Because oh, the hunting rifle was really powerful. That's what were your views on Leech Hunter mode? I thought it was quite enjoyable, actually. I could only ever get 99 of the leeches, though. But so, yeah, yeah. It, it was nice to have something a bit different to, you know, standard mercenaries thing. That's what you were saying there, Mark, weren't you? Uh, yeah, sorry. You're saying it's very hard. It's very hard to get all all the leeches. Yeah, you pretty much have to have a guide or just keep mashing A. Did anyone want to say anything else before we move on to favourite moments? I hate to be that guy, but should Billy come back? <laughs> or, <laughs> should they, Billy should no, they mate. come back? I don't, th- I don't see what he could add, really. As, as part of my Umbrella Chronicles 3 dialogue that I'd envisaged in my mind, I always had the kind of reunion scene with Rebecca and Billy. I always liked the idea that Nemesis hunted down Brad... But I always liked the idea that he actually killed Rebecca first. And it's just something you never saw. He was deplo- he's deployed in Raccoon City. Found Rebecca. Easily got rid of her. Then went after Brad. And I always thought it had been quite cool if they'd done another sequence in um, Raccoon City. But with Rebecca perhaps at the end of Chapter 1 or something. About to be killed by Nemesis. And then Billy shows up and does some stupid line. Christ. No, I think it'd be quite cool. And then they both could die. And then they both die. Oh. You might as well have killed Rebecca, though. Yeah. It, it saddens me. She's she's never turned up. Because I, I the thing is, with this series playthrough, I like her in Zero, but I think in the remake, she's a fabulous character. I really, really do. I always hoped Chris would sort of take her in under his wing and you know, in a sense, train her to be even better. And, you know, she'd be end up being an integral part of the team. And Where is she? Where Come is on, she? just someone give us a bone. Well, we've kind of got well, Sher- Sherry's taken that role almost, hasn't she now? Yeah. A couple of people on the Capcom uniforms have suggested that maybe Rebecca was evil or something like that. Maybe working for the family. 
<laughs> why? She, she, uh, at one point, she was the nemesis. Was the nemesis? I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And she, it does appear in Umbrella Chronicles. Umbrella Chronicles. She's the voice in the tube. Or is oh, it... only, yeah. It's a sample. That they <laughs> spe- yeah. Come on. That was a better. But yeah, she needs to. They need to do something with her. Even if they do retcon it that the nemesis did kill her while it was in record something. Just. I don't know. I like. I like the idea. I like the idea of a single lone player game. In Raccoon City, were you being chased by the Nemesis? Yeah, an episodic I... title released on PSN. This is what yeah. Capcom need to do. Ever since I played Lost in <laughs> Nightmares, yeah. this is what they need to do. A camera angle-driven game, you know, just made on a very low budget. There we go. I'd be fine with that, but if they do, like, Resident Evil 7, there's a file that says, oh yeah, by the way, Rebecca's dead, I'll be completely pissed. <laughs> they kill people off screen like that. Okay, uh, we'll move on um, to uh, everyone's favourite moment. George, what would you say your favourite moment of the uh, of the game was? Well, I just love the opportunity to fight a tyrant. <laughs> <laughs> So oh, like, that was that was just for Sean's benefit. Sorry. No, um, my favourite moment was my oh, God. I don't know. My my first overall favourite moment was the fact that that it was just again pre-rendered backgrounds, static camera angle, and in the same presentation a, a remake. But as as Sean said, unfortunately there were no good mechanics to go with that. The the whole the the, the whole of the, the the ecliptic express ecliptic. experience was my favourite moment in the game I suppose and um, Marcus's lab um, sorry no Marcus's study as well with the music that went that went with that two two good moments for me yoke favourite moment um really there's a lot of favourite moments I like the uh, opening with the um midwestern town raccoon city and stuff like that that oh, was yeah. i like that voice actor i don't know who and, it is but i like his voice the mention of sheena island sorry yeah Survivor confirmed. <laughs> everyone rages but uh what else um marcus's that um umbrella's motto that part was pretty cool outside of cutscene oh wesker and uh Birkin interacting i thought that was cool that should have have a little bit more, in my opinion, but uh, yeah, I just can't really. I don't have a single favorite moment, honestly. Lots of little ones, just little bits here and there. They're like, oh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, Batman. Yeah. I think just the uh, the general exploration of the training facility. I think when you go in like the old classrooms and you read all the notes about Scholar Will and Practical Al and Marcus's diary with the way he's fallen out with Spencer. Um, and I love the cutscenes with Wesker and Birkin because it really sort of fleshes out the whole conspiracy angle. It makes you realise the whole thing's a lot bigger than what it what you think it is. Uh, Star Sergeant. The fact that Resident Evil Five made it relevant in the series. <laughs> um, seriously, the atmosphere because it really did take me away. You know, it really uh, it surprised me how much I enjoyed just playing through um, the game on the whole. And probably something like the opening cutscene, because it's the only time in the series, and I'm a big Stars fan, um, it's the only time we ever get to see Bravo Team as a unit together. Yeah. That's the only time, and I like it. You know, I just wish we'd had a whole game about that. That's all. And Mr. Spencer? I like the beginning with the uh, when you st- get on the train, the first gameplay section, and the train hasn't started moving yet. I just hear the gentle patting of the rain against the windows and side of the glass of the windows. It's very, uh, very atmospheric. I like that. It's good. Yeah, because you see the reflections. Like if you look at the seats, you can see the the, the, the reflections or not the shadows rather. Sorry, of the rain falling on the windows on the seat covers. I like that. It's really sort of 
very sort of atmospheric. It's good. I'd, I'd, I'd say as well the um, just quickly the bit where Rebecca's walking to the train and the rain starts to fall in the intro is brilliant. It is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I I think the train sequence as an act is one of the greatest yeah. thirds, if you like, of of all any part of the series. And think I think it beats Resident Evil Four. For the the village sequence, for example, at the beginning, I think it's better than that. Um, there's there's little bits, you know, there's little bits here and there that are quite nice. I do like to see, I like to, I like to see Enrico again. I was pleased he did get this bit, although as we, as we've discussed, it felt a bit sh- shoehorned in. I think Enrico is one of my favourite characters, just because you know, I always like the fact in remake he, he'd worked out something's very wrong here, mm. and uh, I think there could have been a bit more inquiry with that you know it'd have been nice perhaps if they made it a bit more like resident evil 2 with different scenarios linking up you could have had him looking through files going wait a minute you know maybe look seeing the um the x um, x day document or whatever it was or something like that that would i'd always um had a theory that wesker had misled him into thinking chris was the traitor as well which is why he draws the gun on him in remake yeah, but there we go, you know, as I said, missed opportunity. So we'll move on to scores. What did, uh, out of 10, I think this is going to be quite interesting. Um, Yoke, what would you give it out of 10? Back when I first played it, I would probably give it an 8, maybe a 9 out of 10, honestly. But now, after playing the other Resident Evil games and seeing how kind of little dated it is, 7.5 out of 10. 7.5, Stars turn. If it had a traditional inventory, it'd be a solid 7. But because it is awful, the mechanics, it has to be a 6. Ooh. Mr. Spencer, I'd give it a seven, bordering on an eight, because it's as close as you're going to get to a classic remake experience without playing remake. There we go. Uh, George Trevor. Well, I mean, the whole game is just one big missed opportunity, isn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's the catchphrase. And I, I did also, can I just quickly say, I did also like the little scene where Billy comes up into the training facility for the, when they come into it for the very first time, and the camera kind of spins around. Mm. Um, oh yeah, that that was good. Um, it's this. Uh, for, I don't know what uh, if it's the same for others. This is one of the hardest Resident Evil games for me to to give a score. Yeah. Um, this I think Sean kind of summed it up for me before when you said about the presentation. And as a huge fan, I'm, I think remakes one of the greatest things that's ever happened in in the world. Um, and so to you know to get a game that was so similar and i wasn't expecting that in terms of the presentation i was over the moon but you're right the mechanics just don't work um i could easily give it like a you know almost i could go as low as four and a five but just because of the presentation and some of the 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 great outstanding bits that we have mentioned that are in the game I, i would give it six and a half and that's that's low for like i say for someone that thinks remake is just stunning uh, Batman? Um, I'll give it 8.5. It's a quintessential wow. old-school Resident Evil experience let down by some silly little mistakes that they could have easily fixed. I- I'd agree with that, and I wouldn't be as high, but it triggered, yeah, agree, yeah. I said it, it triggered the beginning of the end, didn't it, for traditional Resident Evil, what we knew and loved. So 6.5 to 7, I think. John's persuaded me. I'm going to go up to seven and a half. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I, mean, I could change my mind all night. Seven and a half. I'm now going to say though. Okay. This is when uh, people started getting tired of the old formula, isn't it? I, it I was, was. It was. Yeah. I was never tired of it. It was the I, never, I could. I could be playing games like that now, and it wouldn't bother me. Yeah. I've loved going back to them. We, like we've it. had a call in this week from member Lou. L-E-W. He's called in before, and he wanted to uh, have his say on Resident Evil Zero. 
Hey guys, it's uh, Lou here, and I heard you were talking about BioZero, so I felt like I'd call in because Zero's kind of an important game to me because it was the uh, first Resident Evil game that I uh, played. It was one of the first ones I bought, along with uh, Remake and 4. So I remember getting home that day after buying it and feeling so cool because it was one of the first M-rated games I had ever bought and uh, popping it into my Wii and being like, this is pretty fun, this is creepy and all that stuff. But as I went along, I remember kind of getting tired of it and I think I did eventually switch over to Remake and then finish Zero later. But it's weird that even though it was one of the games that got me into the franchise, I'd also say it's one of the weakest games in the series to date. Uh, the story is a real joke, basically, if you ask me. Uh, Marcus is a ridiculous villain. The whole thing with the leeches was just silly, very convoluted, and not even explained very well. Um, I did like Billy as a character, but even though that may be the case, his whole backstory was really cliched, and it was very predictable. Though I would like to see some information come out from Capcom someday about what might have happened to him after the events of Zero. I'm not even saying, you know, as a main character, just just some kind of epilogue, just some little blurb or some mention would be nice to know what happened to him or where he is now. Uh, Rebecca, on the other hand, ugh, for the character who this game is kind of meant to center around, more or less, she has very little character development, she comes off as really bland, and basically spends most of her time parroting the things that other people say in the game. And then you throw on top of that the fact that she conveniently forgets every single thing she learned about Umbrella and all these horrible things when she gets to the mansion, because God knows, even Remake couldn't go out of its way and make a few more hints about what she had experienced, that it makes this whole game feel like a moot point and just really frustrating. Um, I did like, though, the backstory Wesker and Birkin got, and I liked the backstory to Umbrella, Progenitor, and the T-Virus. I thought those were cool, but overall, the story's really not that great, and it, instead of feeling like a real prequel, it just kind of feels like a convenient little side story that just so happens to take place maybe a day before the first game. Uh, the gameplay-wise, the zapping system is alright. I think it was fun for combat and for solving some puzzles, but when it came to item management, it was really not fun for me. I could not stand having to go back and constantly backtrack to another room without an item box, knowing where I dumped everything, or the fact that items like, you know, the hunting rifle or the shotgun were now two slots, so that the whole idea of two characters worth of items slots basically was just one character split into two. Um, it just got on my nerves, and it made playing the game much less fun than I wanted it to be. And I will admit that when I got through the mess that is Leech Hunter and got infinite ammo, I found myself playing it a few more times and having a little more fun, but I could also be a filthy casual uh, for doing that. Um, as for the just the puzzles and the gameplay itself, though, aside from the zapping system being alright and the item management being terrible, I have to say that the game starts out really great at the Ecliptic Express, but after that, it all just goes downhill and gets really dull and really bland in the training facility. It just feels like a been there, done that, to be honest. Um, the the enemies are all right. Again, the leeches were the leeches were tough, and the leechmen were kind of creepy. But other other than that, you know, not that much that was too scary. It was just a bunch of giant insects. Uh, 
the uh, the apes, what are they, eliminators? They were tough. I I think they were okay. But other than that, yeah, just kind of forgettable enemies and goes with the kind of forgettable gameplay designs aside from the train. Uh, Cutscene in graphic-wise, it, it looks good still. Not as good as Remake. Everything looks kind of plastic and, and kind of weird. And uh, one other thing I noticed and really bugged me was that compared to Remake, where we had all these really nice in-game cutscenes, uh, Zero has only three in-game character models, and those are Billy, Rebecca, and Edward. And otherwise, it's a lot of those uh, FMVs that feel kind of tacked on, feel out of place, and kind of jarring. I mean, they're not bad, but they're just... They take you out of the moment, and I don't know why they did that rather than just do what Remake did and you really use the GameCube's power to full capacity. Uh, music is all right. Nothing I really remember that well, aside from the Leechman theme and the uh, save room theme. And overall, yeah, it's just not that great of a game. Uh, it is important to me, I guess, and that it got me into the series. But other than that, I don't play it very often, and I tend to kind of shove it to the side. Uh, so I'd really, if I had to give it a score, it'd probably be like a 5 out of 10 at to be nice, maybe even a 4 out of 10. Um, though I did have a question for you guys. Had the game come out on the N64, you know, back in 2000, rather than getting that two-year push, do you feel like people might have had different opinions of it? Would you have felt more forgiving of it? Would you have felt more critical of it? Um, how would you have felt about it, you know, 10 years down the line, as we do now? Anyways, that's all i got to say. Um uh, Keep on up with the good work, and I'll catch you guys later. Well, an interesting calling from Lou there, and raising very, very good, good very good, yes, and a very good um, question posed to us all. The problem I find with the RE's um, Zero N64 edition is that we only ever saw bits of the train in the in the artwork and the videos. We never saw what was happening beyond it. I think it's quite hard to judge how it would have been. I always uh, well, I mean, it was made. Wasn't it being done by the same team who ported two to the N64? I seem to remember. I think, I think um, so. So, to me, all that would have meant is, and the only thing I've really said that I enjoyed about the game was the atmosphere, and that's come from the remake sort of atmosphere that was brought. So I just think if they had the mechanics that they had in the game without the remake kind of atmosphere, then it would have been a very, very low score I'd have given you for this game today. Because oh. the atmosphere really does sell it to me more than anything else. And without that... If we're going back to sort of Resident Evil 2, which is a wonderful game, Resident Evil 2, but you've got to say visually it doesn't hold up as well as the remake. Zero is very much the only, like John said, it's the only game like the remake we have that's not the remake. So without those visuals, without the the music, I think it would have been a very poor Resident Evil title because you'd be immediately then comparing it to 2 and 3 and it just, I don't think it holds up to those at all. One one thing also mentions, which I kind of noticed playing the game and it almost just felt like, almost reminded me of a of, of um a game that was trying to you know conserve memory and was limited on what it could achieve was that, that you had some cutscenes that used the same character models that you know the in-game graphics yeah then you had some cutscenes that were i don't know, technically were like fmv but were very plasticky looking and um, shiny they look very yeah, shiny too, far they? too shiny yeah there's one with billion but all that then did almost serve to make the ones that were using the in-game graphics 
look quite poor and dated in comparison. I was unsure as to, in terms of from a development point of view, what, why at certain points they went with one and at certain points they went with the other. Yeah, I mean, Rebecca looks completely different in the game models than she does in the FMVs. You know, she, she's notice, notably different. And uh, it's a good point he made as well. I didn't realise there's only ever three character models they actually made. That's a good point. And he mentions the zapping, which we've not really talked about. Awful mechanic. Awful. <laughs> It'd be better in two-player mode, perhaps. <clears throat> I think this game had to switch to GameCube, because if, if they'd carried on and released it on the Nintendo 64, there's no way it could have competed with, with Remake. No, it would have been very quickly forgotten. Yeah. Right, on that note, that very damning note, I suppose, it's time to end. It's now time for Neptune and Newsies Biohazard Quiz. Their minds will be tested. I, I have an answer, but it's based on a thread that Welsh made. Experiments will be undertaken. I've been told by the boss that you have to be deducted a point. Fuck off. Great knowledge is needed. <laughs> I got massive knot out of five last time. And a new power will arise. Jesus Christ. What the fuck? question is that? You said these questions weren't hard. No, no, I don't know. 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 Time for Neptune and Newsies Biohazard Quiz! I just, I just worry how badly I'm going to do this week because I, I do. I've been rehearsing. Well, I went, you know, I went on holiday. I, I, I downloaded the Chronology of Evil and was like, I've been reading it and I can't oh. remember any of it now. I just can't remember <laughs> any of it. So it's going to be hopeless. Um, I'll just have a quick look at the questions. There's no timeline questions this week, so um... well, there wouldn't be, would there? Because I've been reversed. <laughs> And then you've made him feel worse now. Yeah, sorry. sorry. Right, so a quick recap on the current scores. Um, Batman is still leading with 22 points, followed by George Trevor with 17. In third place, it's Mr. Spencer with 15 and a half. And Ty, you are on 14 and a half. We welcome Yoke to Neptune News' Biohazard Quiz. Welcome. Hello. Hello. And is you it possible to got... get negative score, by the way? Sorry? Is it possible to get a negative score? Is it well? I, if the answer is so ridiculous, maybe, but I, I wouldn't have thought so. Okay, if I'm gonna if I, I'm gonna get zero of them right, I'm gonna at least shoot for negative here. <laughs> I will say no guest has ever got zero. You can only get a negative Uh-oh. score if you quote the Confidential Report or a Paul Anderson movie. Don't forget, Nick's the quizmaster here, so he may exactly. give bonus points. <laughs> Nick writes the questions, but he doesn't know the answers. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> he's not a very reputable quiz master. No. So a quick recap of the guest scores. So this is obviously for your benefit. Yoke Ridley is currently leading in conjunction with the Wanderer and Rombie. They have four points apiece. Welsh, Smiley and Archelon have three. Our moderator, Sindra, has two and a half. Selfish Gene, M. Greg and Zombie Fred have one. But I'm sure Selfish Gene's going to look to improve that next time he's on. So, are you, I assume you, you've listened to the podcast before. You, you're clear on the rules. We have five questions. I'll um, write them down on notepad or a various um, stationary instrument. And then yep. we'll go back afterwards and go through the answers. So, if you want everyone to clear their desktops... Open up Notepad if necessary. Here's question number one. I will say, actually, before we start going, a, 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 an eclectic mix of questions this week, covering various media. What? Oh. Yes, question one. What was the original <laughs> arcade name for Survivor 2? Oh, bloody hell's bells. So this uh, was are you going the... back to the original, very, very original name it had? Very, very original name, yeah. yes. Superb. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hold on a second. So, what this was just for the act, the arcade where you you had like two people could stand side by side and play it. Correct. Uh, I think I've remembered it now because didn't you play it? You played on it, Sean. You mentioned it on one of these podcasts. I'm sure you did. Yeah, but there was a name it was given way, way back when. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've got it. Yeah. So uh, get well, back I, to I me on that a, one. First. I smell a conspiracy here. <laughs> okay. Question number what two. Think, John? I've got the artwork somewhere. I remember that artwork, yes. Question number two from Resident Evil Zero. I want to rekindle the flames of the week. What is the correct order? That's a good question. Correct order of what? We should be we should be good bats. You should you two should be good. Well, I didn't understand the question at all. Obviously I obviously don't know the answer. You you read something, then you Yes, I want to rekindle the flames of the week. What is the correct order? Is it week? Is it like the week? a week or uh, the week? W e a k. What's that from? Resident Evil Zero. I have it written down on my notes. You're not meant to tell. Say. No, I said it at the beginning. It was fun. I said it's from. Um, this is from Resident Evil Zero. Um, the Sorry, Yoke. You, you had a query. Oh, uh, the oh, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah I, oh God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, Yoke, you had a query. Yeah. Uh, can I or look at my notes? <laughs> no. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Uh, okay, okay. Uh, moving on to question number three. What was Buddy's full name? Oh, no way. <laughs> I know that one. Oh, well done. So, obviously, Buddy from Damnation, if anyone's unaware of it. And it's not Ark Thompson. Question number four. Name the UBCS members sent in to rescue Dr. Cameron. <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what name them all? There's not many. What from uh, is, is, is there five or six, Nick? Give us that. There's five. five. It's five. Four D executor doesn't exist in my universe. It does in mine. <laughs> it should. It should. I don't see why it can't exist in the canon. To be honest. Yeah, it can. It, because it the, because the, I can see just before the bomb struck. Because the concept of the Cameron virus is ridiculous. Well, and the enhanced C C no virus. More than, no more than Code Veronica. You know. Digging up a dead grandmother or whatever. Well, what's Dr. Cameron been doing for the last 15 years, right? Just they're taking over the work and assimilated the entire thing. You have to have Kurt Russell come and stop her. This <laughs> thing spin off in Raccoon City. I always like to say that, yes, you see her escaping, but in fact, that was October the 2nd and she just got nuked. 
Anyway. I like to say she got shot in the head by Tyler Hamilton. and finally uh, this this is um, a new bit of information question number five what film inspired the alternate costumes for Leon and Krauser in Dark Side Chronicles oh this was on the Facebook page the other day it was Ridley posted it what film wasn't it I thought it was a series it's a shit film it's a remake (laughs) yeah I'm expecting full marks from a few of you today No, no chance. (laughs) (laughs) So that concludes the quiz. Join us after this when we'll run through the answers. A Midwestern town in America, Raccoon City. A solitary island far off in the sea, Rockfort Island. An island that would become the second Raccoon City, Sheena Island. There are still many unanswered questions about these seemingly unrelated yet intensely traumatic events. Though it is believed that the International Enterprise umbrella was somehow involved, little is known as to the origin of this faceless corporation. When was it established? By whom? And how was the T-Virus created? To uncover the truth, we must delve deeper into the events which transpired in the beginning, before the mansion incident. Hello and welcome back to Neptune and Newsy's Biohazard Quiz. Let's see how everyone has done. So question number one, what was the original name for Survivor 2? Did you know this one, Mr. Spencer? I had no clue. I just basically had Biohazard Gun Survivor Code Veronica, which is what the probably more later name was for it. Uh, George Trevor. Um, I've no, I've got absolutely no idea. Oh, did you? Oh, did you want me to come to you first, Sean? Yeah, come on. Okay, sorry. I just thought you knew the answer. I usually go to the people that know the answer last. Right, go on then. Yeah, go oh, on I, know, then. I know. I want to guess. I want to guess. I think I've got it. Okay. Uh, Yoke was quite Yoke. Did you know this one? Super Code Veronica Extreme Edition. I don't know. <laughs> Super code, I love it, love it. Batman, for your guess. Was it called Gun Survivor 2 Fire Zone? What did you put, Star's Tyrant? To my knowledge, it was just called Biohazard Fire Zone. The point goes to Star's Tyrant. Oh, you can't do me for that. (laughs) There is is artwork that just says Biohazard Fire Zone. It is just Fire Zone. You wanker. (laughs) The image was just a black background with Claire on it, wasn't it? And it just said Biohazard Fire Zone. Very good, very good. Question number two. I want to rekindle the flames of the week. What is the correct order? I'm going to have to try and see what... Batman, let's start with you for this one. I'm not confident, actually. I can't quite remember. I think, is it, it's the start, I can't remember. Is it the horse, the deer, the dog, the jaguar, the snake, the eagle? <laughs> was it noise from Star Siren? I, I think I'm wrong, I'm wrong, aren't I? Yep. I yeah, yeah, you are. Is <laughs> 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 it evil? Shit! Yoke, what did you put? I I, I I have it in my notes. It's right freaking next to me. I can't even look at it. But I know this is wrong because there's a couple missing. But I have horse, lion, snake, eagle. Horse. <laughs> lion, snake, eagle. George? Now, I think I know this. And the only reason I kind of know this is because I always saw it as a, it was an order, kind of like the weakest first and the strongest last. Yep. And as the owner of a Husky-Wolf hybrid, it always pissed me off that Wolf was second when I thought Wolf should be at the end. Um, I think because um, it's deer, 
um, the weakest is the deer's first, then it's the wolf, which I think is out of order. How can you put the wolf before the horse? Then it's a horse, then um, the eagle's at the end, um, the eagle's the last one, um, before that's the um, there's a horse, then a tiger, then the snake, then the eagle. Mr Spencer? I had no clue, no answer. No answer. And finally, Stars Tyrant, who sounded very excited. George, George was so close. He's got the name of the cat wrong. It's deer, wolf, horse, lion, snake, eagle. There's no lion. There's no lion in it. There's no lion there's, in it. No, it is a, it is a lion. He surveys it's, the king it's, of all. It's a jaguar, isn't it? Well, no, it's no. a lion. One of you is wrong. My answer is this. But then, obviously, take this with a pinch of salt. It's fucking. It's got to be a lion. Surely. My answer is deer, wolf. Yeah. Horse, yeah. Tiger, snake. Oh my eagle. god! Yeah, you, you, you're killing me. <laughs> no, we're all wrong. No, no, that'd be pointed like... to George Trevor. Yeah. No well, way. You say tiger. Because you're right. It looks like a cougar or something. It looks kind of. Yeah, like I a... thought it was like a panther or a giant. Yeah, that's what it looks like, but it's not. Where's it say Where does it tiger? tiger? Where's it say tiger? Well, well, it's on the inscription. That's what the inscription. The inscription calls it. Does it? I'm pretty no, sure. It doesn't, it doesn't give you animal names. Yeah, it doesn't mention the animal names. Oh well, my I... god! I can't believe that. I've had that. I've had that stolen. It's a fucking tiger. It says. <laughs> See, it's a tiger. That's what I got. Let me find an image. I need an image. I can't believe yeah. that. I thought it was a female lion. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of always thought it looked like a panther, but I never. That I'd always. But it never. That it. But it wasn't. It just. Um. Isn't it in a file? Aren't they listed in a file somewhere? No. No. It's just that puzzle they exist in. Yeah. Well, that that's. I'm that... sure under it you can read. There's an inscription that says what they are. Can we all have points for cat? No. no. Right. God, so that's just, I think, subject to a founder inquiry. That's points to me, yeah? Well, yes, absolutely. Points to GT there. Right. Question number three. What was Buddy's full name? Stars Tyrant, did you know this one? No. Nothing. <laughs> Yoke, did you know this one? John Buddy? Oh. oh. Mr. Spencer? Dirk Benedict. Dirk Benedict, yes. And <laughs> Batman, <laughs> did you know this one? Alexander Kozachenko. Oh, there we well, go. Back, back with the Avengers. Oh, excuse me, you haven't asked me yet. George, do you know it? <laughs> Alexander Chipkenko. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. no, this is Buddy from Damnation. Yes, yeah? yes. I've got no idea. Did anyone know his um, nickname? Not Buddy, the other one. Wheelchair Cripple. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sasha. Sasha, yeah, very good, very good. Oh, well done. Very good. And finally, moving on to question number four. It's a sh- I do feel sorry. I'll interject at this point. I feel sorry for Yoke because uh, normally the guests can, u- can use the um, Ask Newsbot lifeline. I but... probably wouldn't believe them anyway. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. It's unfortunate. Well, but... that lifeline's been back for the past four podcasts. I always just PM him online. That's a good point. Um, okay, question number four was name the UBCS members sent in to rescue Dr. Cameron. Ty, any I've ideas? Got, uh, I've got two of them. Ed and Claws, I can't remember the rest. Ed and Claws, right, okay. Uh, Mr Spencer? I got two as well, Ed and Klaus, but I've also tried to go Tony and Carter, I don't know, but... Okay, Yoke? I don't know. Nope. George? Oh, Oh, I'm sorry, Yoke. I don't care about the non-canon stuff. Well, that's the reason. It's great. Well said. said. (laughs) It's it's grey canon. I've seen it once, like, a while back, I don't even remember what it was even about. <laughs> what if it is canon? And the whole universe since then has been populated by uh, Cameron-like creatures. Exactly. My God. <laughs> That's how our reboot starts. Mm. <laughs> George, did you know this one? 
Um, I, the only one I could remember was Klaus. I... Batman. Childs, Windows, McCready, Clark and Bennings. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Points for Batman. No. Um, no. Um, because I'm feeling in a generous mood, I'm going to give half points to Ty for getting two. And who else got two? I did. You Klaus did. And Ed. You did. Very good. So you can get half. What were they out of interest, Nick? They are the following. Roger, Ed, Klaus, Robert and Norman. Yeah, of course. Oh, of course, those those famous people. And finally, question number five. What, Hi, f- what film inspired the alternate costumes for Leon and Krauser in Dark Side Chronicles Batman? Um, <clears throat> Miami Vice. George Trevor. Well, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't have, I would have had no idea, but I know because um, Ridley posted this just last week on the Facebook page. He did, yeah. Um, it, it was the remake of Miami Vice. Correct, yep. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mr. Spencer. Miami Vice remake. That's what I put. And Stars Tarrant. Do questions like this all the time, Nick, where you are literally asking questions of the Facebook page days prior. Advice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a test to see if everyone, anyone looks at it. And Yoke, I, I was thinking of a Western outfit that they were wearing. So I don't know. <laughs> Just no. Oh no! It was my obviously it was Miami Vice. Oh dear. Let's have a look at the scores then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week's winner is Stars Tyrant with two and a half points. I had question two cruelly robbed from me, by the way. Well, there we go. But that's subject to inquiry. But... No, it's really... George was right. Although, the, I'm, the more I'm looking up, the, the more the, the cat is in question. But everywhere, <laughs> yeah. everywhere, everywhere I've looked says tiger, to be honest. The way, I, the, way I remember, the way I remember it is that it looked like I thought it was a panther, but then yeah. the description underneath didn't call it something else. It doesn't um, give it a description. It just says, oh. "I I am the king of all I survey or whatever." Well, the lion is traditionally seen as the king of the animal kingdom. That's the thing. That's where I thought it came from. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely not, not a lion. lion. It's not a lion. Mm. Anyway, so that means uh, Star Sergeant, you win this week's uh, quiz. Well done. Two and a half, um, followed by joint second Batman and. George Trevor with two, and then in third, Mr. Spencer with one and a half. Yoke, unfortunately, didn't score a, a point, unfortunately. That's unfortunate. I will have my revenge. I will burn in my infernal pain. <laughs> so let's Very see. Good. <laughs> how, how can you take fire zone off me? Because, well, quite easily. Um, <laughs> so let's see what that's done to the scores. Batman, you're still leading with 24 points. George, Trevor, 19 points. But joint third now, Mr. Spencer and Stars Tyrant, both with 17 points apiece. Congratulations. We're starting very close. My way through. It's close down at the bottom, but we're, we're starting to get a runaway leader, aren't we? <laughs> it's like Vettel in the championship. <laughs> indeed it is, indeed it is. So thank you very much for playing this week's edition of Neptune News' Biohazard Quiz. Join us next time when we'll have some more questions. Thank you all. Thank you. <laughs> good quiz. Good quiz. Yeah, not too bad. I like the idea of using a Facebook question just to see if everyone is reading our Facebook page, which isn't. Oh, don't forget the uh, the Twitter feed as well. Oh yeah. I, I yeah. Oh yes. Yeah, so this is a final reminder to everyone. If everyone follows us on Twitter, I now follow us follow us on Twitter, which is very exciting.
So the next podcast, as we've mentioned in our previous podcast, we're going to have a go at doing a live podcast. And I say live, i.e. it's not going to be live, live, live. It's going to be live that we're going to record it in a kind of roundtable meeting style. And you get to see our lovely faces. How wonderful, how pleasant for you all. And the idea being that we're going to head over to George Trevor, where he resides. And we're going to set up a few cameras in his home. And the Spencer gonna... Estate. Spencer Estate, yes. Yeah, <laughs> Which yeah. he designed back... himself. In the back of the art room. <laughs> you know gonna... what, George? I should have you design my house. Yeah, um... I, I, I take commissions. Um, you know, as long as they either look like a mansion or uh, a boat, um, I can do it. So um... if I want to uh, if I want to go to the kitchen to make a cup of tea, do I need four crests to get in? <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. yeah. Hands off my daughter. She's only 14. <laughs> Two more years. <laughs> Says Batman. <laughs> Sorry. After, no, oh, after... so, John, that was kind of more aimed at you than any, more than anyone else. Anyway, anyways, yeah. So the, the the idea is that we have a few cameras set up, and we're going to try and do. Um, I think IGN do something very similar with their podcasts, but we're going to have it so we can you can see us all discussing the uh, these podcasts, and we're also going to double it up as a bit of a staff meeting as well. So. That should be episode 21, so that should be coming to us, um, I have no idea when. Um, I think we've booked it for the 6th of September, as when our uh, podcast is going to take place. So I don't know how long it's going to take to edit it. I don't think any of us have particular good uh, video editing experience, but we'll have a go. You know, we, we bumble by these podcasts, so I'm sure we could get through it. So that's something very exciting to look forward to, I think we'll all agree. I'm not quite sure what topic we're going to discuss yet. Um, oh! I do know we have some extremely big news coming, and that's going to be the topic. A whole podcast dedicated to extremely big news, and that's all I can say for now. But yes, yeah, so that will be exciting. We can all look forward to that. But I hopefully we'll have we'll have the uh, the PU Live podcast up a few weeks after the sixth of September. So you should hear from us again uh, in a couple of weeks after that. So thank you very much for listening, and thank you Yoke for joining us today. It's very very wonderful for you to do so and taking time out of your schedule to uh, connect up to connect up to us in blighty thank you very much for listening it's goodbye from me neptune it's goodbye from me batman it's, it's goodbye from me stars time and it's goodbye from me mr spencer and it's goodbye from me yo it's goodbye from me george trevor i may be seeing you soon 